0: this thing going here I and I, I don't have the excuse I have a new phone but that that's that's a poor excuse i'm just pretty pretty poor at technology uh, technology type stuff so
1: appreciate yeah, it we've done 40 patience. of these we still don't know what we're doing oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still we
2: still yeah, mess it up we just
1: wing it we don't edit them we just throw it out there you get what you get
0: okay. yeah there you go there you go and i'm i'm assuming uh if we need to pause Right, stretch break, restroom break, and you know, that kind of good stuff. Would if any of us need it, right? We'll just we'll just say so. We'll just speak up.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, good, good, cool, cool. All right, appreciate y'all. Appreciate. Yeah, you we're all fortunate all. enough
1: to have a bathroom like fifteen feet from us.
0: There you go. There we put one go. in our
1: garage when we uh, just before we had our first event, and it actually mm-hmm. wound up being one of the most popular features of the event. <laughs> <I'm sure.
2: laughs> yeah. Several sure. of the
1: athletes showed up and said, "Whoa, you got a gr- you got a bathroom right here in the garage. It's fantastic."
0: <laughs> it was true. it's true. So, what am I looking at behind y'all? What's that
2: back there?
1: uh it's just a wall of some grip stuff and a punching okay. bag. And yep, well, is this is, 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 this trainer, the bag, is right there, and then punching bag, tons of grip stuff. Okay. A inch trainers, some other things.
0: So, like Our when beach. we watch the videos and stuff, a lot of it is taking place right there in that same locale.
1: Yep. Yeah, we hang out Very right cool. here in the Very garage. Cool. We were doing our Very interviews
2: cool. too.
1: Yeah, Very we cool. got uh, everything you can imagine in this micro garage. We got all our Atlas stones over here. We have a Hercules hold set up. I mean, it's crazy.
0: Wow. Wow. How long has it taken all to, to get to that, you know, like to accumulate to that point where we have all that stuff?
1: We just started at the beginning of the pandemic.
2: Oh, we had oh, wow. um, a bench
1: okay. and some weights from high school, and then uh, we decided we wanted to get some more stuff and have fun with it. We made okay. a lot of the stuff ourselves, so yeah,
0: okay, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I mean, we've heard it before, but I said it before, but so many things change right with the pandemic, so yeah. Um, I, I was in the same kind of spot, you know. I, I, uh, oh, I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. You know, it's, it seemed like everything was was uh, everything was going, and then all of a sudden everything shut down, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear you all were able to make it work for you and get a space going, a good training space.
1: Yeah, that's kind of why we started the whole uh, podcast and everything was to talk to others about how we could build our garage gym. And we did it during the uh, – we built it up during this whole couch potato thing. So we got ideas from everybody we talked to. and Okay. That was part of the idea was uh, – we would get those ideas from people that are doing it and then share it with people. The first guy we had come over here, Taylor was our very first guest. Um, he has an obstacle course race set up in his garage. So he swings, he's swinging from implements around that he has attached to his rafters and whatever, just odd implements, you know, and he does, he does his own little in his garage races on his obstacle courses and, uh, yeah, and how did y'all so,
0: know him? Did you work with him, or you weirdest thing from- is I
1: actually met him completely on a whim. Uh, I was coming home from work after a snowstorm one day and picked up somebody's uh, chain link in my tire, so I was on the side of the road changing a okay. tire in the pissing rain, and he uh, stops and pulls up beside me and asks if I want some help, and.
0: Wow, so we wow.
1: chatting a little bit, grabbed his number and uh, hung out a couple times with him and then started training with him a few times. Wow, so. wow, that's a great story. That's yeah, a great story. That's so how that's, I met that's the, kind of,
0: that's the kind of person he is, you know. He helps somebody else and then yeah, he's so going hit it off. He hit he's it off a really good us. dude. Fantastic. I like him. Cool, cool, well, cool. So, yeah, so he, where, 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 where is it y'all, li- where where is it
2: y'all are living right
0: now? Then? You said snow. You mentioned snow and stuff we, like that.
1: uh, that. was We live in Vancouver, Washington, so we're in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then you all did, didn't I thought I thought I remember
0: reading or hearing about you all grew up somewhere like in was it like Gilroy or somewhere like that or one of y'all that's, yeah that? that's
1: where he was born I was born in Stockton yep so
2: okay. yeah okay okay oh very very interesting
1: yeah moved up to the northwest when we were pretty young and uh, we've lived up here for quite a while we're like ten minutes north of Portland
0: okay. Um, uh, we've only been there once, uh, to Portland on vacation for a week, but, uh, you know, it was like a love at first sight kind of thing, you know, like, uh, and, uh, so I, I don't, I've never been to where y'all are right now, but, but that part of the country is really nice. Yeah,
1: it's pretty much yeah. the same. We're an extension yeah. of Portland.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: So you, yeah, you I mean, you
1: got all the different kinds of,
0: I mean, the food scene is like one of the best in the whole world and you got some of the best coffee in the entire world. Right. And Yeah. You got a lot of rain and
1: and uh a lot of green
0: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it yeah, doesn't yeah, take
1: yeah. it doesn't take long to travel to see mountains um the ocean rivers yeah, valleys everything ocean, uh, I mean, we did a four-hour drive through texas recently nothing.
2: all i saw from, was uh, nothing and uh okay we
1: saw nothing yeah There's we saw oil fields like, and nothing wow.
2: nothing Wow. So mine
1: is flat, wow, wow, you can wow. drive, you know, half that time here and go from the mountain to the beach. And
2: I'm like, yeah, you can go literally <laughs> crazy. from the mountains
1: to the beach to the uh, Olympic Peninsula woods, and then you could be in like a lush land of greenery. Yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. It's amazing. So I couldn't believe so you- how much open space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how long, how long were you all there in Texas for a whole week or a few days? We were uh, there
1: four days. We decided to days. fly in okay. early for competition, got there actually Thursday morning, went toward okay. AT&T Stadium, hung out. And then uh, Adam actually found out that he we were in town. So he's like, hey, what are you guys doing in Texas already? It's only Thursday. And we're like, oh, we're hanging out tourists. Then he's like, come over for dinner.
0: Oh, so cool! So cool. We oh, hung
1: out with Adam on Thursday. By the way, he did tell us to make sure uh, he uh, he said hi.
2: So
0: oh, yeah. he's 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 great. I I I uh, I've only gotten to be around him one time, and it was in Finland of all places.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind us all of kinds weird, of you know? stories from that We're all, all
0: the way, all the way over there. That's that's when we meet, you know, for the for the first yeah. time. But uh, yeah, he's he's really easy to get along with too, and. Uh, of course, you know, he's, he's been around for a long time. I don't, I don't know how old, how old he is. Did he mention how old he is? I think he's, he's only like 38. Old.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, so he just got started really young then.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. He must've been in his teens or early twenties or something. He was doing, he was doing grip some uh, stuff.
1: when he was in the military. So like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. he started doing uh, Okay.
0: Grip. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense then. So that he's been in about
1: 20 years now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I, I can I can remember hearing about him like long time ago. So I see that makes sense. And yeah. then and then you all got to meet Tanner too, right? And, and yeah, yeah Tanner was. was
1: there. Okay. Yeah, Tanner's a monster, man. He's gonna be the future of grip sport for sure.
0: <sighs> it's really really frightening, right? You think some of this stuff? I mean, uh, we we have these phrases like a whole nother level right yeah 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 and it's kind of like carl, carl big carl myers co you know yeah and tanner and there's some of these folks that just you have a certain conception about what you can do and then you see what these folks are doing and it's just yeah whole level, whole nother level and you but think he this that like
1: intense monster guy no he's just this really calm gentle dude that just walks up and just lifts insane weights
0: yeah yeah, yeah analyzes yeah, yeah. the hell
1: out of every single thing that he's doing before he does it yeah. and then lets uh-huh. it
0: uh-huh, it's like, oh, uh-huh, all uh-huh. right, and 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 I don't know, I don't know a whole lot about Tanner. I, I know like he started. Y'all could probably correct me, but didn't he start off in climbing and he did all that through yep. high school and stuff, right? And yeah, he yeah, found he up more, even more. But he probably still does some climbing, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he was or, like eighty kilos when he started in grip, so he was still the weight. Like he could do a ton of climbing. I'm sure at his weight now, okay. he doesn't do his, as yeah. much of it. But he did okay. like a one handed golden potato pull up while.
0: Yeah, I saw there, that. You know. I saw that. Okay. he like, he's climbing, so I don't think he, he does it much anymore. Well, say that again? sir. Was he said me? he
1: misses climbing, so I don't oh. think he does climbing oh, he's anymore,
0: actually. Much. Okay. So it's kind of well he knew he knew that I was trying to start doing a little bit of calisthenics. And he was telling me um, when he was on a climbing team, they did a lot of this kind of stuff like the the levers or whatever they're called, all that kind of stuff, front levers and stuff. And so he, he, he had some tips for me, but his tips were like, you know, 12 steps ahead of where I was <laughs> like, well, oh, yeah. maybe one day I can try your tips, you know, I appreciate it. But, uh, and then, and then Adam, what was that thing that he posted, uh, not too long ago, Adam Glass, where he was doing like a, um, like a skin, the cat or something, but he was doing it like on a thin pinch or something. Did y'all yep. see that? It was, yeah, some yeah, years crazy. Years back, yeah, but he reposted it. Yeah. So him, him too. Those, those two. But we, we need that, I think, you know, inspire us all, so.
1: Yeah, he does, yeah. like, L-sit pull-ups on, like, you know, pinch blocks.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: He's gone, come on, man. That's
0: and then the ability and the creativity, too, right, just to think of that, to try it.
2: Yeah, I. Okay.
1: And it, what's cool is they're not, like, super tiny guys doing it either. I mean, Adam's probably 200, 215, yep, you know, about yeah. 6'2", so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I know. No, I know. Little tiny guy. No. That's, that's what, yeah, we need, we need to see more of that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's where I'm coming from, and that's one of the big reasons why I'm working with that team, my team SAS, the team of older women lifters that I have, and I know you all work from, you, you work with people from all different uh, walks of life, all different age groups, all different abilities, and uh, yeah. it's the same same kind of concept, you know, wanting, wanting to show people what other people can do and so they don't just think, like, it's got to be a certain type of a person whether it be size or age or gender or whatever
1: you know exactly absolutely
0: yeah, we, we can do more right we can all do more and encourage other people to do
2: more so
1: yeah that's why uh back the very first person we reached out to when we started doing our online interviews was joy joy brown oh because, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah 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 we wanted specifically to get her you know opinions okay. about working out an older age and you know
0: so is her interview still out there is it yeah, still yeah, up absolutely. on your old website? Okay, I'm gonna yep. i got I'm gonna write it down so I don't forget because I like Joy an awful lot. I'm gonna go here with Joe. Joy's you awesome, yeah. Yeah. And she's from like what Connecticut or somewhere originally, right? And she's in Canada now. I don't know one? where she
1: was originally, but I know she's way up in snow country now. Yeah, she's in okay. Saskatoon, okay. Canada right now and she's shoveling okay. her probably shoveling her driveway right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and another person creative too. She did. Do so you, you see that one form Friday where she had her dog? She's like holding her dog and hitting that shot with the forearms and stuff. Yeah. I was like, right, on, right on. Yeah, Very I
1: know cool. she pinches turkey. Turkeys come Thanksgiving time, so yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she's yeah. pretty creative, lady for sure. Absolutely. At the supermarket, yeah, getting a grip workout at the supermarket. <laughs>
2: with
0: <laughs> so um Betsy, who I've been working with for for quite a while, is eighty two now, and. Every time she comes back from Costco, she always has a story because one of the things she picks up is a 40-pound bag of kitty litter. And inevitably, whenever she goes to that aisle to get it, other people come around. It could be men, women, younger, whatever. But they always assume because they they look at her and they say, okay, here's an older woman. She must be weak. She must need help. And they come rushing over trying to help her. And she just kind of looks at them and, you know, she's polite and stuff, but she just grabs it, you know, throws
1: it over her shoulder. And <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, yeah.
1: And we love absolutely. just talking to the super elite athletes too cuz you find out how normal they are and they all started somewhere and they were just as crappy as we were not worse. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they probably they probably enjoy talking about all this stuff, right? And Oh yeah. I, w- I would think. Yeah. There's
1: so many I mean, in this community it's just full of nice people. It's just been a wonderful thing to um discover and see that you know you can talk to pretty much anybody and they're going to be the nicest can be
0: i totally agree i totally agree and people that don't know about it like they might think we're exaggerating but but it totally seems true and i i y'all know bill weiss out of um la california and Mm -hmm. he's uh he's worked with ode haugen for a long time and yeah bill was talking about compared to so many other sports and he's been involved with he said exactly what you're saying He was like yeah you know, we have competition, of course, and people want to do well, but the camaraderie is probably a bigger part of it than the competition part. And he just likes how everybody tries to help each other and cheers. I mean, loudly cheers for each other, you know, uh, Like if they're a kid or something. They're just like yeah. screaming, you know, and somebody they might have just met, you know, and they want them to get that lift, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, yeah I think a totally, lot of things totally are great. kind of coming together in grip sport. You know, it's, it's kind of a young sport, but now everybody's sort of figuring out how to train, and with the camaraderie, everybody's willing to share more knowledge. If you got into grip sport 15 years ago, you'd have all kinds of different stories about how people train. But now it's starting to come together and, you know, people yeah. have the same lifts in mind and the same, you know, goals to try to get big axle or big yeah. saxon lift or whatever yeah, it is.
0: Absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, I think
1: you can learn a lot more from the people that are doing it now.
0: I mean, it's kind of like an interesting time, I think. I'm just kind of building off your comments. I totally yeah. agree. But like it's growing a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, the total size of the community is relatively small, right, compared to other ones. So oh, yeah. you get a lot of new ideas and fresh blood and new competitors. But at the same time, it still feels small enough that you can talk to
1: people and get to know people. And uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I you totally agree. talk to the Michael Jordans of this sport, yeah. you know, and that's pretty cool. You can't normally <laughs> yeah. do that.
0: No, no, good point. Good point. Good point.
1: It's like you go uh, uh, into an NFL combine workout to try to make the team and We're down here in middle school uh, football trying to play, and it's not like, come on, guys, hurry up. You're messing with us. You know, we go to the competition, and they're like, who cares if you're lifting 80 pounds less than us, you know? They're excited. Let me show you how to do this better.
0: No, yeah. Let's
1: get it. Let's get a PR. That's fine.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, the size of the community, and then the fact that most of us do it because we enjoy it, like it's... uh, I mean, some of us, like I would say myself included because my, my day job, so to speak, is a strength coach. But for a lot of us, it's just about the, um, you know, the love, the passion. The, it's a big part of our life. It's not monetized. It's not a job per se. And so with some of these other, you know, pro athletes, that's that, – I mean, it doesn't, doesn't excuse them being a jerk and not talking to somebody, not giving them some tips. But uh, I just think their mind is in a different place. They're thinking about it differently, you know. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. I yeah, kind of that's off, does, off yeah. the top of my head, but you know,
1: yeah, for sure. And I think the, the sports, uh, you know, with fresh blood coming in and good ideas coming in, it'll keep the veterans excited. Because uh, I was just talking to Adam earlier today, and uh, he was saying, "Yeah, there's been some amazing dudes in grip that aren't around anymore, just because they got bored with the sport, or you know, <laughs> just there was yeah. nothing, you no know, nothing to challenge them anymore."
0: And maybe some of them will wander back, too. That'd right? be cool.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they—they. They, I think some of them are out there and they're keeping tabs on what, what we're doing. And and if they like what they see, they might be a little bit more encouraged to try it. Um, I was thinking of, I mean, I could be totally wrong. Do, do y'all follow Joel Dirks from Minnesota on Instagram? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. yeah. He actually and has the Golden you, Potato World Record.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Because I I kind of felt I could be totally wrong, but I kind of felt like the last five years or so he started doing more and more grip. And I thought maybe for a while he had gone on to focus on other strength sports and maybe he was somebody that started getting more excited about it, but maybe he never stopped. Maybe he kept
1: on doing it. I'm not really sure. Um,
0: Yeah, I
1: think he's uh he did Kong last year and he was in the top ten. So he hasn't quit uh he hasn't quit it. Definitely okay. Okay. Um, It'd be exciting to see you know where he winds up this year and and uh, where he pushes it. He's a monster, man. Very strong dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what are your, what are your thoughts? Because I was thinking this morning about how a lot of it grip uh, seems to. Um, gosh, how do we, how do we want to put this? Okay, so like a big part of it is the products themselves, right? The tools, the toys themselves, and and y'all are. Another example of people that are creating new things for us to try and for us to do, and um, so one of the things I always wonder about is like how how much more new things can we have? Is it just like always more new and new things is better because it gets people excited and gets you something new to try, or or is it also good to like try to kind of take a step back and try to do things that you can just with the equipment that's available? Because I'm I'm thinking about people that are that are new and thinking about trying to do a little group training. And some of them, they might be thinking, God, you know, if I got to buy this specialty equipment and buy that and acquire that, it might yeah. be a barrier to them getting started. No, absolutely. Where if they can just figure 100%. out ways 100%. to use the regular stuff, so to speak, that they have like a barbell or a, a plate or something, right? And maybe kind of like get started in grip. I don't
1: know. I just maybe I'll leave it at that. What do you all think about this?
0: You think it's an interesting question or not really? Yeah.
1: So we think that the potato is sort of like a bridge like um a bridge implement and sort of that it will bridge people over from their sport into grip if they wanted to try something different because it's it's funky and it's not you don't take it really serious because it's a potato. You know, it's it's just silly. It makes people (laughs) laugh. But also at the same point like climbers like it because it's it's concrete so it's got that you know rock Uh, feel to it. And it's a small ledge. So you get OCR guys to like it because they can swing from it and do pull ups from it and whatever. So the obstacle course racers like it. Uh And then uh, uh oddly, strongmen love it because it's like a rock. It's like a hand rock. So the stone lifters think, oh, this is cool. It's like a stone for my hand. I got to figure it out, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: it turns out that that people from different sports wind up liking it. And then once they're into it, once they, you know, get the itch for grip, we try to turn them on to like arm lifting where you only have like Uh, four lifts to train for, only a little bit of equipment to buy. It's not super expensive. You can do it in your garage. You know, because, so yeah, you can, like get, a, you can get lost. Like a I mean, good if you name. look at our wall, there's so much junk uh-huh. up there. You can get oh lost oh my gosh, yeah. the grip implements that No, are no, I
0: there. know. Truly, truly. And, and sometimes it's we were, were shocked. We went to Adam Glasses, and respect. we said, what
1: the heck? Uh-huh. We have more grip junk than you do. And he goes, you don't need all that stuff. You just need this, 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 and that. And I'm like, ah. Once yeah.
0: he the best in the
2: world, he's
1: telling us you only so need six
2: things.
0: He's the old school of them. That's what we might, and that maybe that's like discriminatory to say that, but like, I do think there's a mentality like of you know, like, a, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of like the uh, survivalist, the frontiers person, the Jeremiah Johnson, you know, yeah. I want to make do with what I have. I want to make the most of what I have, you know, and but then at the same time, it is very exciting to, 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 to see all these different things and to try these different things. And uh, I was thinking about when you, when you were talking about the potato the, and how it appeals to all these different groups, And it was reminding me, we should talk about probably in the 70s or 80s, like the gateway drugs, but this is like a good gateway drug, right? (laughs) Just get them hooked, hooked and then
1: they want to do other things. Exactly.
0: You know, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I
1: think to uh, touch on your point, too, is uh, once you get to an elite level, you really kind of have weeded out what you don't need, and then you kind of specialize in whatever sport you're doing. And grip sport, you know, there's four or five implements that you must have that you're going to do that's going to get you strong all the way around. You don't need to dabble in the 40 to 50, especially if you're just starting out. Now there's so much information you can get help and be like, oh, it's not going to cost me thousands of dollars. I really only need a few things. And I I reference that to bowling too, because new technology in bowling is ridiculous. There's so many different types of balls and all kinds of crap. People have like 30 bowling balls. and You don't need 30 bowling balls.
2: You need four.
0: Right. Right. Okay, so I... I (laughs) <laughs> I, well, I want to say in, in this this case, uh, there's a, the phrase that uh, my spouse and I picked up this sometime this year, and we say both both things are true. You know, so what I, what I want to say here is like on the one hand, it doesn't matter if we're talking about grip. I, I love I love the analogy of bowling too. I love bowling, and I, I, I I'm connecting with you on a lot of levels there. But, but I think both things are true. So in other words, like you could get by with less and less and learn how to use what you have more and more. Yeah, and a lot of it is about your time, your your experience uh adam glass was was one of the folks that used to talk about when when a lot of newcomers will get really technical and try to talk about all these different aspects of technique and form and i remember he used to tell them it's not technique it's time it's how long you've been doing this for you know and you're going to learn it you're going to figure it out uh so i think on the one hand that's true but i think on the other hand like having more technologies or having uh new methodologies whether it be ways of training or periodization or whatever could be helpful too you know so I kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think it's actually useful to say both things are true. And maybe it depends on, depends on what we're talking about. But I think it's a huge question, issue that you're raising about, about that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think the techniques. I, 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 sorry, go ahead, please. Go ahead. The techniques wanna, very motivating
1: it. when you learn it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, like we, you know, I was bending nails wrong. And then when I learned the technique, I was able to smash a lot bigger nails, and it made it motivated me to train harder. Same thing with tearing cards. You know, okay, you have to get okay. the right technique to tear a deck of cards. And right. then once you have it, it motivates you to want to do more.
0: So how did how did
1: you learn? Did you learn from
0: like watching other people's videos? No, interviewing we talking, these people. We got oh, okay, through, and, they and they would talk about it. People, say, yeah.
1: Okay. There's a couple. Okay. Uh, we reached out to a couple people that are really good at car tearing and made sure they showed us, you know, on video exactly how they make the little S bend and how they do all the okay. tricks that you know you normally wouldn't yeah. find out. Because
0: so, so you feel like on your own it would take you forever. Maybe you wouldn't have stumbled upon them at all. But exactly. probably because
1: there's almost nobody that shares it because they're still traveling strongmen that make money off of off of doing this. Yeah.
2: That. So, yeah you stuff. know. So there's the still a part of this trick, that is in
1: somebody's career. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The secrets, right? The For trade the secrets,
1: magician. exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like the chef, the chef that won't give you the recipe, and a lot of others are like, no, I want more people to make it and share the love, and everybody love my sauce, and then some people are like, no, 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 I guard it with my with my whatever, you know. Yeah, so. I'm
1: taking this to the grave, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're like that masked magician guy on TV that exploits all those magician secrets yep. and how they do yeah, tricks. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, full disclosure, you know, so so I'm an anarchist, so I I, I believe in. You know, this whole thing about open source and sharing information and that, that that's, that's where I stand that's the camp that i'm in I think we should yeah. share yeah. and one of one of my favorite sayings uh that comes from anarchism is we're all students we're all teachers because we do learn from everybody else some of the time and we do teach pretty much everybody else some of the time too you know so I, I would like to see more of that sharing but but I, I hear exactly, what you're. I understand what you're saying. Some people are not coming from that position. They're like, I got to guard this. I got to guard yeah, this if yeah. I want to keep it. Yeah, I just don't happen to share that point of view, but I understand it, I think.
1: Yeah. No, we, oh, yeah, we exactly. want to exploit it all. So we're totally with you. And
2: in- yeah, fact,
1: let's get all the secrets and share it all. So everybody has yeah. the same advantage and the same training techniques.
0: Yeah, so and you're going to put your own spin on it, right? And you got exactly. all your own biology and genetics and biophysics, the way you're built and the way you're, psychologically oriented and and the strengths and weaknesses you have in terms of your training and your discipline, all these things are going to bear on it anyway. So even if you start off with the same raw material, it's going to end up looking different by the time you're
2: done.
1: It's not like any of these guys are like, you know, the coach for an award-winning NFL team or something like that. You know, it's it's not like we have three Super Bowls here under our belts and we got secrets to freaking hold on to. No, our secrets aren't doing things like that. They're just making our hands a little bit more – yeah. efficient at holding this weird shaped thing
0: yeah and i gotta say <laughs> that was that was pretty cool you know because but but one of the things that, i mean i could go on and on about all the things i've been fortunate about but one of the things i've been really fortunate about is when we got to travel and we got to meet people from other countries and some of them were from places you know like russia and obviously we have this shared history with the cold war and all this it was so cool to see everybody just jumping right in like in the warm-up room and giving each other tips. And of course we didn't speak the same language, but a lot of this stuff is kind of universal where you can, you can gesture and you can point and you can do things. And, it, and it did, like we are saying kind of earlier, you know, part of it is that if there's camaraderie, it's not so much competition, but part of it is that other question about the secrets, trade secrets and stuff. And there didn't seem to be as much of that. And I don't think it's not, it's not just like in our small circles, you know, so, so something like you are talking about the Instagram world or armlifting USA or something, but even in the broader, broader group stage, you know, they seem to have that same kind of spirit. So that, that was that was really cool. That was really something. Of course, there are differences, but that's one of the common ground points that I saw. That's
1: really cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: That's
1: uh-huh. awesome. Speaking of the community, you did get a couple fan questions come in. So, oh. Um, I'm going to throw those at you. Yeah. Um, you do a lot of training with three and four inch axles. Do you feel like that transfers over to the two inch axle pretty well?
0: Not at all. Not at all, okay. <laughs> hey, I mean, so we, we have a longer, we have a longer uh, version of the answer. We have a short version of the answer. And I, this is kind of like along the lines what you all are talking about about how you might be able to have a few events and, you know, like whether there's carryover. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I guess what, what I would say is I feel like this is an open question. Currently, I feel like it's a really open question and we don't really know because... Um, so, I'm trying to think how to put this. And and, and something like physiology, like in general and exercise physiology, we talk about specificity and we talk about something like strength in general and how specific it is. And we adapt to very specific kinds of activities and things that we do. And so the the short short, short responses, we can get better at doing these things, but we don't necessarily get better at these other things that you might think are related because we're just getting better at the thing we're doing. Um, But then in practice, a lot of us notice that there does seem to be some kind of carryover and you know, we would like to kind of think that we don't have to try to train everything because logistically, how can you possibly train everything you might want to train? So we hope that there's some carryover. Um, and then when you start thinking about how different individuals, different bodies react to this stuff, I think it's even becomes more of a wild card. So, you know, I, uh, my, my, my tendency is to generally say that you just get better, whatever you train on. So if you want to get better at two inch axle you got to train on two inch axle i don't think that there's much carryover between even something like a two and a half inch axle to the two inch or three or four certainly not uh but i would say the same thing about thumbless and using thumbs or snatch grip versus like a close grip you know that's more of like a sumo style that some people do you know i that's how specific that i think the strength can be um now, having said that, if you find that you are reaching some plateaus or something that looks like it's headed towards a plateau and you don't get to that plateau, I think it is really good to switch it up and do something that's really different, whether that be something as simple as, you know, doing thumbless work instead of thumbs or, or pulling conventional instead of sumo or switching to a three inch if you have access instead of a two inch, you know, something like this uh, to change up your training. But uh, I don't think there's a lot of direct carryover. I, I don't think there is, in, in, in my opinion. But but, I, but I, uh, I, I do think that we're still kind of searching for those answers. So I guess I disagree a lot, maybe, with what you were saying earlier. Because didn't you say you thought, like, we're having more and more answers to some of these questions? Did I understand you right when you were
2: saying that? Yeah, or, or I not?
1: think that's true. We are coming up with more answers on how to train for the contest. But you're right, like, on how to train just to overall get stronger and grip. There's still a lot of questions there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I – um so if, if you know, I I think it's I love to talk to everybody and get everybody's ideas, like we were saying about the all students all teachers thing, and so that's one of the cool things about grip is not only do people want to talk about it, but I find the more people I talk to, the more different opinions that I hear. Yeah. And so you can kind of weigh them and you can try these things out yourself. You know what I mean? And see what see what seems to work for you. But that's the moving target too, because it works for you today, may not work for you three or four or six months down the line.
1: Exactly. Right. I think it goes yeah. with old adage too, though. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know.
0: Oh, well said. Well, well, well said. <laughs> that's, yep. it. That, that's it. That's just it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I. I
2: yeah, please oh, go, go
0: ahead. ahead. Was Will you? Will you repeat that first question? Because I don't want. I don't want to gloss over it too quickly. If we was unless just we have a, a three
1: or four inch axle trans or three and four inch bar transfers over to axle well, that was the question.
0: So I I guess, so I guess one question that I would have is a question for the question. (laughs) Um, Because I don't know if y'all are, if y'all are like me, but like, I like to think of a lot of different aspects to training. And one, one of the things is of course, things like, what are your numbers doing or your numbers going up? But as we know, numbers, are not just like the one or M, it could be something like, you know, doing, doing more reps at a comparable weight or doing a longer hold at a comparable weight or a slightly heavier weight for the same amount of hold or resting less between sets, but being I'll do more volume or whatever, right? There's a lot of ways even just uh, empirically to look at that kind of progress. But the other thing is there's all these other aspects to the training. Like when you train on these bars that are super, super huge and you start training on ones that are kind of just kind of bigger and kind of medium sized, they can feel really, really small, which can be good or bad, right? Because if you found them difficult because they seem too big, that could be a benefit. Uh, if you kind of start to like how your hand flattens out, and the surface contact on the bigger bar, and you switch to some of these smaller ones, it can feel uncomfortable. Almost the way it does when you go from a two-inch axle to bar, you ever feel like it's biting into your hands and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like on on a level of like aesthetic and enjoyment and how much physically uh, do you get back feedback? I think there is there is like carryover benefits like that, things you might enjoy about flip-flopping back and forth between a three and a two-inch or something. But if but if but what if what they mean is like, lifting on the three inch and your numbers start going up on the two because it's easier or something i would i would say i don't think so i don't i don't i don't think that's the case i don't okay. know if i've helped out or made that more confusing
1: no i think that makes perfect sense okay, okay. uh the other question you got was do you train for forearm size
2: <laughs> that's a
0: joke i gonna say it doesn't everybody but uh do I train for forum size? I, I, okay. I'm going to answer this a number of different ways. <laughs> I would, I would, if I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, like I don't, I don't have like any kind of an objection, like a, you know, like an ethical, moral objection. I think there's nothing wrong with if, if you like having bigger forums, if you want to have bigger forums, you know, go for it, train for that. Um, so I would certainly do it. I, maybe I'm just too lazy or not organized enough or I haven't done it, but, um, I, I, uh, I, I don't personally, but I think it's a really nice side effect, you know? <laughs> um, and I think it happens even, even if you don't even want it to. So let's say for those people that want to be smaller and just strong as hell, and they're not interested in aesthetically what a bigger body looks like, or they think a bigger body is cumbersome in daily life that gets in your way or whatever. I think that, you know, forearm size, general hypertrophy, getting bigger muscles. I think it does happen a lot of times, even when you're not, planning to do that and i think the reason that it happens a lot with drip is because i don't know if this has been yarl's experience but for a lot of us we find that to improve we have to do more and more and more volume yeah yeah and the more sets and reps that we do and the more time and attention so to speak i think it just contributes to the you know the the precursory factors that end up affecting the hypertrophy and the muscle growing so even if you don't intentionally set out originally to get bigger forms i think it's going to probably happen so yeah. all that is to say, it may be a moot point anyway. You know what I mean? You you you, make, you can think about whether or not you want to or you intend to,
1: but it might just happen anyway. I think training uh, on Dean, for sure, you're going to get bigger forearms. It's going to happen. There's no way around it. I think so,
0: it. too. I think yeah. so, too. And your wrists might get bigger, and I don't know what that's yeah. going to do in terms of your, you know, and I, I swear, and people talk about this, bug was talking about this a couple years ago when he started doing his Fat Fingers Friday post. Did you all ever see any of those? Yeah. Your hands grow. Your your palms certainly grow. Your fingers grow, um, and of course, when when you talk about size, it's not just absolute. It's relative to other parts of the body because you know we're visual creatures, right? We take everything in in relation to other things. So um, you know your your forms might look
1: way way bigger, but they might not be any bigger.
0: You know, but it's just maybe it's a, a visual thing because other things have changed too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You uh, just sort of get tighter around it and your forearms kind of pop more, you
0: know? Yeah, sure. they do. They do. Uh, now, I w- what I would say is if this person happens to be interested in getting their forearms bigger, I, th- I think that all the bodybuilders are going to get pissed at me. But I think getting bigger muscles is one of the more straightforward things out there in the whole world of lifting. So I think I do would agree with what you're saying earlier. I think that's pretty straightforward, you know, following certain types of uh, routines and programs, and you can do that. Um, I have I haven't yet, but it's hmm, give me an idea. Maybe I should start training for forums <laughs> Thanks for the, the suggestion. You know, <laughs> there
1: you go, go ahead. I think everybody sees your uh, forum Fridays and they're like, holy hell! Yeah,
2: oh, that's train fun. For
0: the... I mean, that's do you. Y'all you think it's fun? I think it's fun to do this. You know? Yeah. Mix, yeah, mix it up and yeah, yeah.
2: Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say, uh, what motivates you to compete?
0: Uh, I, I, I like just like being part of the club, you know, like like one, one of the folks that's up there doing it. I love lifting with people. I, mean, I absolutely love it. And it doesn't – it's even more fun when it's up on stage and it's for a contest. But yeah. pre-pandemic, you know, in the before time, so to speak, I would love to train with a big group of people. There's nothing better than getting a big group of people together. And all the, all the better if we were training the same implements and grip and stuff. But sometimes it wouldn't even be that. Somebody might be doing a barbell deadlift and somebody else is on the Rolling Thunder, and we're just in the same space, you know, lifting. I love that.
2: Yeah. And when it's up yeah. on
0: stage and it's just that added excitement and stuff, it's just that much better. So that's, that, that's, that's why I do it. That's, the, you know.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And I should
0: back up with real quick and before. just say you know uh, for saying? the
1: people that don't know you, uh, go mm-hmm. ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about you and, you know, how you came to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Can I get a little
2: little sip of my water here? Absolutely. I'm leave the thing so it doesn't uh... All right. Okay. Um
0: yeah, so I'll say hey to everybody and uh, my name is Dolly Jung. I'm uh uh originally from, uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And if you follow my Instagram, you know, I'll use these, these, uh, kind of funny hashtags like the Chinese from Kentucky and the Asiatic menace and things like this. And, uh, I'm, I'm half, half Chinese. Everybody on my dad's side of the family is from, from China. Uh, my dad did come over as an immigrant and, uh, born and raised in Lexington, Kentucky. And I was, uh, fortunate to, to spend my, my childhood there. And, uh, young adult years there until I went on to college and started moving around for work and for school and whatnot. Yeah, but I, I mean I could talk all day about me. I don't know how people are gonna get bored, but what do y'all want
1: to know about? I
0: can tell you you wanna know specific about lifting stuff or do you want to know
1: how long have you been in grip and arm lifting and how'd you get involved? Oh
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Well let, let me take a step back and then y'all just you, you can cut me off or you can edit it right if you want to although you say don't really do that but uh, so maybe maybe just kind of you can give me a symbol to like you know speed it up if I so I I'll say this I had kind of a weird childhood I had a really different childhood um, when I was growing up in Lexington my dad that I was talking about uh, when he when he came to this country he was already the grandmaster, master uh, the living grandmaster for the southern branch of the Shaolin temple Um okay. And so what he did when he came to this country, besides being a college student, was he started to teach Shaolin Kung Fu, martial arts, what he called karate at the time, uh, to anybody, basically that wanted to learn it. He would go to the YMCA, he would teach some classes, and yeah, he'd make a little money, but it was more about what we're saying about teaching people how to do this stuff. And uh, uh, so eventually what happened, uh, my mom met him through the martial arts world, and they went to school together and stuff. And so uh, when I was a kid, my parents had a a gym, and it started off as just like two martial arts dojos, and then eventually it became a big place they call the Sports Center, and they had everything from racquetball courts and Olympic-sized swimming pool to a full gym, and, you know, we had uh, the martial arts going on upstairs, and we had all these things. And so as a little kid, I would just hang out at the Sports Center. I would sit on the floor and watch the powerlifters lift and watch the bodybuilders lift, and you know, I was like, just look at him in amazement. you know this guy. Yeah. Cecil Blankenship's got 600 pounds on his back and he's squatting. He's like, oh, you know how in the world can you know no, it's crazy. It's just it's, a, it's crazy, crazy stuff. And because it was a bigger facility and kind of a medium-sized to small town, anybody that would come through town like for a rock concert or for like WWF or whatever, they would all work out there. You know, so we had like Macho Man Randy Savage working out there. You know, Bruce Springsteen comes for a concert or something. He comes here and works out. You know, That's crazy. all the, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it was really really cool. And really That's weird awesome. childhood. Really weird childhood. And so my mom was already a black belt and she was studying martial arts. Uh, but she was also teaching what I guess now would have eventually turned into group exercise. But at the time they didn't really have something like that. And she called it gymnastics. And the idea was, well, what if we just got people together and it was mostly women and they wanted to like lose some weight and they would to do calcium. And what if we all just got together and did leg raises and set up some ups and stuff. And, and so they did this. And uh, I, I remember her talking about, this is in the mid 70s, uh, mid 1970s in Lexington, Kentucky uh, with a sports center. And she said, you know, we couldn't even get financial backing originally from two or three of the banks to start the sports center because we told them what we had in mind and they were like, you can't have men and women working out together in the same place. I mean, that that's not going to go over, you know, men, they want to, they want to be in their bath towels and they want to talk about their wives and they want to. And, and so they were like adamant. And my dad, part of it was he's really stubborn and he's a idealist and a dreamer and all this. And he's a, he's an immigrant, right? So he doesn't understand he can't do this. And my mom, I guess in, in a way, was kind of like, you know, very stubborn and tough and a business woman and all this. And, uh, so they stuck with it and they, they said, no, we're going to do this. And eventually that's what happened. You know, you had, you had men and women working out together in the same place. She had older women taking the gymnastics as well as younger women. And, and they asked her at the time, they wrote her up in one of the magazines, bluegrass woman. And they were like, well, what about the old women? You know, can they, can they do all this stuff? And she's like, you know, we don't want to have a separate class for the oldies because then people are going to like stigmatize them. And she didn't use that word stigmatize. That's like a word I might use, but she's like, people are going to say, oh, there go the old fogies and. You know, almost like making fun of them, drawing attention to the fact they're older. And she's like, once they get over being sore and they, you know, they're going to do what they can do, you know, if they can't bend over as far, if they can't do as many reps. And sure enough, you know, this is an early example of of what people like you and I, you know, we're talking about, right? Older people, other people you might not expect, they can do a lot more than what people think. So she was teaching these classes. My dad was teaching the martial arts and I'm a little kid and I'm watching everybody work out and I'm one to do it. You know, cause I mean, right. You want to do whatever your parents are doing, everybody's doing. And yeah. back then they thought, you know, you're going to stunt your growth. If you work out, you can't, you can't do it. And so my mom had some idea. I don't know where she read it. Or she thought 14 was a magical age. So this is like, now we're up to 1984 and she's like, okay, come on, come on, come with me. And so first two years I, I worked out with my mom and um, I learned a lot of really good habits and I, I picked a lot of bad habits too. Things now that I wouldn't like to do. But uh, that was the first two years of my training, and the guy that taught her was Ron Lacey. I don't know if y'all know much about bodybuilding in the old days, Golden Era bodybuilding. He was one of the early Mister Mister Americas uh, back back when they had like Steve Reeves and some of these folks in the fifties and early sixties doing it. And so Ron was around. You know, he's from Kentucky. He originally from Kentucky, and then he taught my mom, and then and then my mom taught me. And so we 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 did we did stuff like. Uh, you know, I learned how to do really good, slow controlled movements that are like the heart of a lot of bodybuilding, how to like feel the muscle pump and feel the muscle burn and, and how kind of, you know, we used to call it isolating the muscle. Now we don't believe you can do that, but that kind of stuff, I learned that from her, but I also learned some things like wrapping your knees and always wearing a belt. And I've since tried to do away with these kind of things. Cause I, I feel like, you know, you're only strong as your weakest link and you have to develop you know all all the structures and all the joints and everything too. You know, so I shy away from a lot of that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, so I started off in bodybuilding, you know, because that's what my mom did, and I, I did some bodybuilding contests as a teenager. And then somewhere along the way, you know, I was just like, I'm 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 too small. I don't know if this is this you know if it's this half Chinese side of my background, but my my I'm just too small and I want to get bigger. And I had the idea that I think now is a mistaken idea, but at the time I thought. If I did powerlifting, I thought if I lifted heavier weights, I thought I would get bigger. And so as a as a 18, 19 year old, this was important to me. I saw I kind of laughed at that question about the forearm size because now I don't I don't I don't give a crap about that. But then I thought, oh yeah, i want to be bigger. And so I started powerlifting, you know, thinking I was gonna get bigger. And then over the years you realize, okay, look, you look look at the sport of powerlifting. You do have muscular people, but you got skinny people, and yeah. you got people with a lot of body fat, and you got people that don't look like their work out at all, and you got all kinds of things because strength. And, and, and muscle size and muscle definition all of doesn't go together necessarily. So um, I did, but I found out, what I found out through doing that for years and years, I just loved, loved powerlifting. I loved lifting heavy. There's nothing like the feel of a heavy weight on your back for a squat or pulling a heavy weight off the ground for a deadlift. And so I did that for the bulk of my lifting career, you know, 30 years, 20 some years. Let's see, from the time I was 18, 19 until maybe about eight years ago i'm 51 now so what, what was that that's hard math to do anyway a long long time i did that yeah i did i did, did, did powerless there you go there you go sorry mm-hmm. my rhythm tick is that
2: uh,
0: <laughs> yeah so so at some point i'm like i'm, I'm getting to your question i promise with the grip so i'm doing power lifting and I'm, I'm getting stronger on power lifting and um one of my favorite things to do was a deadlift And, you know, I had at one point, I think what it was was I, I took a kind of an honest, hard kind of a look at myself and I was like, okay, you know what, this is great that you can deadlift all this weight and this is really nice and whatever, but look look what you're doing. And so like what I was doing was, you know, on something like a hex bar, right, I was getting up to mid 700s and on a straight bar, I was getting up to over 600, but I was using straps and I would switch over. From my regular double overhand, somewhere along the way, you know, 400 or so, I'm like, okay, it's too hard for my grip, and it wasn't just a matter of using chalk or just a matter of using like a hook grip. I would, I would start strapping up. I start using straps, and so, you know, come on, come on, you can't even pull 400 or more without how many straps. And so, like I, I, like I said, I took a hard look at myself, and I got very disappointed. I got frustrated. And so I'm like, look, buddy, you know, grip is your weak link. Your grip sucks. You're weak on grip and you need to get your grip better. And so what I did was I just quit the straps. Cold turkey was the first thing I do. That was kind of like my foray into grip was just quitting the straps and saying, I'm, I'm not ever going to use the straps again. And, and I think, you know, now in hindsight, I think they can be a very useful tool. I just didn't have the discipline because I've seen, I've seen people that can use them well. And, and one of the people, I know you know this guy, and I'm going to screw up his last name, so I'm going to try. But, you know, uh, Alexei the Tank, uh-huh, Alexei yeah. the Tank, the Russian lifter, mm-hmm. has to be, if not the strongest, one of the top four or five strongest people in the world on things like an axle bell lift, right? I mean, things, things like other people dream about, he can shrug that axle, right? Over 400 yeah. shrugging it. And so when I saw Alexei uh, warming up at some of these, these events, like when he come out for LA Fit Expo, I'm like, that freaking guy, he's just, he's just straps, God damn it. He's just straps, but he did them in a very strategic disciplined way. He would use them to save his hands all through the warmup. And then when the time came, he set them aside and not, not use them. And I wasn't like that. I found I use them too much. So my, my way to get in and wow. started getting a grip like eight years ago was I just quit cold turkey, no more straps and I never used them. And, uh, of course at first all my numbers were, took a big hit. And then eventually, slowly, my grip started getting stronger. Started getting stronger. Started getting stronger, and then it got to a point where I felt like, you know, I liked it enough that I that I wanted to focus more on grip, because um, I know I'm not I'm not ashamed to say this. Like I, I will uh, try not to badmouth anybody, but like I, I do find that some of the advice that I was reading, I'll just say that I'll just keep it anonymous. I was reading out there was things like, just train your grip once a week. You know, treat it. Treat grip training kind of like you do squats it's very serious so you only you don't squat like once a week or less so just train your grip once a week and I I believe that foolishly I realize now I was naive and I don't know why I thought that was the case and so um I trained grip for years but I think I made slower progress than I would have uh because I was only training it like once a week uh but my deadlifts did go up and I wasn't using straps and my deadlifts were going up and then um uh, I would say four or, four or five years ago, um, I met Clay Edgen. Do you all know Clay? Do you all got a chance yep. to meet Clay? Yeah. Okay. I met I met Clay uh, here in Santa Cruz. And at that time, um, he owned the Santa Cruz Strength Gym. And I've, I've been training grip, uh, you know, over at some of the other places where I was working out. And I kept hearing his name come up. And anybody that knew him kept saying, oh,
2: man, I can't believe
0: you don't know Clay. You, you got to meet Clay. You guys would hit it off and you train some grip together. And, uh, so I was like, you know, yeah, I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that. And for whatever reason, you know, we've, we've been here almost 10 years now. Um, I didn't do it right away. Just busy, I guess, work and one thing or another. And then finally I ended up going out there four or five years ago. And and sure enough, it was just like they said, like we hit it off right away. We started training grip together. We became training partners. And then, um, after a year or so, um, you know, in the time with training with them, one of the things I realized is, is uh this idea that you got to train it more. I mean, that that's, that's like, if I could have one, one single piece of advice to say is that grip seems to respond to high volume of training. More often, more sets, more, just anything more, more, more volume, you know, it, a lot of the strength sports, including powerlifting, uh, you know, we have to do a lot more periodization, a lot more rest days, a lot more time off. And I feel like in my experience and people I've worked with, I feel like the more we throw at the hands, the stronger they get. And I think that's one of the big lessons that I learned from Ricardo, uh, from, from Clay, and by extension from Ricardo and Ode and some of the other folks uh, in this neck of the woods, you know, when we would get together uh, to train or go to meets and stuff, was it, it's volume, high volume training grip all the time. Train it twice a day if you want to,
2: you know. And, and
0: that's certainly that's certainly been confirmed when we had the opportunity to travel overseas and talk to people like in Finland. You know, we, we talked to Arto, we talked to Hari and all them. Those guys train grip three or four times a day. I mean, you know, it's like you can't train it enough. It just gets stronger the more the more you throw at it, you know. So, so that's what I, well, that's what I would say. My initially the way I got started in grip was recognizing it's a weakness. I got to improve my grip, and then meeting up with Clay, I learned that you got to train it more often. You got to do more for it, and then and then what happened was Clay was the one that encouraged me to do my very first contest in, in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, he was going to do the L.A. Fit Expo, which has gone through different names. Like y'all, y'all might know it is. I think they call it the U.S. Listing Championship now, right, or American Listing Championship. But it, we always call it the L.A. Fit Expo, and that was one of O's big contests. And these were the ones that people like Alexi would fly from Russia all the way here for the weekend to do that contest, you know, this kind of thing. And um, that was my very first contest Was was that wow. contest, and I was a heavyweight. And I'm in there with people like alexi and Carl co right? Big, big, big Carl, right? He's from another planet, so strong and and you know, like this is these are the people that, that were in the same the uh, class that I was in, and yeah, it was it was something. But you know, that's that's one way to do it, right? Jump in, jump in the deep end, and, and see if you can swim, you know. And I, yeah. I definitely learned a lot, you know. Like like we we're saying at the outset, right? How we're all students, we're all teachers. You just watch everybody take notes, ask them a million questions, exactly. you know. <clears throat> and like what you were saying too, like when you get to know people, like you find they're really nice, really yeah. approachable. Like in the yeah, gym or whatnot, they might give off this, you know, stay away from me, but that's just their posture for the gym. They're not really like that when you talk to them. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. why I went to North Texas was to learn. We knew the North Texas crew was going to absolutely murder us and anything, but like they're the best in the world over there. Let's go
2: Oh yeah. see
1: what they know.
0: And you can see though you can see the creativity working, right? You can see the wheels turning, so to speak. Yeah. Those guys come up with come up with stuff, you know? Like who who do you remember whose idea it was about trying that one arm uh, pull up on that golden potato? Did Tanner just want to do it or did you all say, Hey, could you do this? Or how did that come about?
1: I think it was Adam's idea. He's yeah. like, I bet you Tanner could do a one arm pull up on a potato. <laughs> yeah, I think he threw that out before anybody else had even tried it.
0: And, and and there's there's no limit. There's no limit. Like the next time you see someone like this, he might be trying with four fingers or three or whatever. Yeah. Right? It's just like what's the next level we're trying to?
2: Yeah.
0: Man. Yeah. Yeah. stuff.
1: Pretty wild. Those guys yeah. are pretty darn strong. Yeah, it was cool to see.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And and they they
0: they're I know they're cheering for Biden and encouraging everybody because I've been around them a little bit. You know, I know that's what it's like. I Haven't been there though. We, we got to live in Houston, but we never made it that far up.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. So you sit here well, in Santa Cruz now?
0: We're in Santa Cruz right now. That's yeah, we've awesome. been here probably close to 10 years, I think.
1: So do you train with yeah. Ricardo and Ode regularly, or do you get to see him? I mean, I know it's a yeah. little ways, but it ain't that far.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have not been to Ricardo's Grip Garage yet. He, he is so gracious. He's invited me so many times, and I want to go. And you know, the the latest excuse has just been the pandemic because for going on two years now, we haven't done any contests or anything. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten to do quite a few contests with Ricardo because when Ovid have contests like in San Diego, because you know, we have friends and family in San Diego or San Jose, you know, we just jump yeah. on the we just jump on the bus and we go up to San Jose. And so I've gotten to do a lot of contests with a lot of those folks, but I haven't been to Ricardo's place and seen his grip garage but i feel like i know it from watching all the videos over the years yeah you know yeah, yeah. we're and trying I know to y'all bring him up north we all did an interview with ricardo because i watched some of that too yes he's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. and he's a good example we're talking about
1: right because yeah
0: because ricardo is a big time believer in the specificity of training and the numbers and doing yep. things this way and that way yeah
1: yeah yeah we're trying to bring him up north for a contest because we do arm lifting, and that's what our Golden Potato Championships is all about. So we're hoping Ricardo will come up here and compete against us. And
0: I hope he does, too. I hope he does,
1: too. I was going to say, such, you should have. Uh, such a
0: great ambassador. You He come loves up with the him.
1: sport. Man, he loves the sport. <laughs> you you yeah. come up to the Pacific Northwest, too, and come compete in that contest. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I would love to Bring, that. Would love bring all the Californians
1: <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah be a it's a nice break it's, from 115 degrees. In the middle of July. So that might oh, be 115
0: yeah. now here. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. Got, is that – what what are, what kind of numbers did y'all – you talking about in the, in the July, you hit those kind of numbers? Not normally, no. No, the last oh, okay. year, okay. though, or
1: this year okay. in June, we hit 117. Oh, yeah, we didn't have some crazy heat this last year. But normally now, we yeah. in the upper 80s, yeah.
0: you know, 90s. No, no, my, my, my favorite, like, because where, where I grew up in Kentucky is very mild. We definitely get four seasons, but they're yeah. all relatively mild. But yeah. of the places we've been fortunate to live, my, my favorite of the ones that are a little more extreme. So we got to live in Butte, Montana, and I loved, love, love the weather there. We got to live in Syracuse, New York, for seven and a half years, and that was probably my number one favorite in terms of weather. Tons and tons of wet, wet snow, I and mean, we would get two hundred plus inches. You know. Oh wow! Yeah. We love the winter where
1: joy lives. Then yeah, uh, <laughs> snow all the time there. <sighs>
0: You know, I just, I deal with that
1: better. I, I don't know. As long as it's <laughs> zero degrees, she's like, okay, good. I can train outside. It's zero yeah. or higher.
0: <laughs> no, it's just, I think some of us are just kind of oriented that way. You know, ever since I was a kid, my parents have stories, you know, about me as a little kid, loving the cold weather and stuff. So I was
1: going to say, if you like the rain, just come over here too. It rains nine months out of the year. <laughs> you'll be fine.
0: I never thought I would miss it, but where we are, is so dry. So now, now yeah. when we get some rain, I'm like, man, it's a little bit, it's close to the real weather. I love it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it was just yeah. i mean it was
1: honestly odd just being in texas for four days and having no rain for four days and we're like ah, <sighs> it's, it's october and it's 86 it's degrees and on, i'm sweating like so what's, what's, the the,
0: what's the name of the city where they are can y'all tell me that
1: they're in, in dallas fort worth area yeah oh, he's in the over worth weatherford okay yeah. okay
0: god oh, so that's just a ma- its massive right a humongous area were y'all just driving and all these crazy highways and all this stuff? Or?
1: It wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't oh, too okay. bad. Okay. And especially Good. when we went down to Austin from Fort Worth. I don't know if there was like an accident or something, but it had us go on all these farm-to-market roads, and I swear I was driving for an hour and a half through an oil field. Oh. Two-lane road, just driving oh, forever. That's nice. See, I like that kind Still of Still the like same kind of oil, oil field. I'm like,
0: cross-country, you know that kind of I can do. It. Where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you got gas in the car and water yeah. and stuff. you know. Yeah.
1: Seem like it took an hour and a half for the sun to rise. (laughs) Yes. What what is going on here? Nothing like driving through like Seattle or LA or anything like that. No,
0: no, no, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just, I can't.
1: LA is insane. I will say that over, I'll, I'll drive in Dallas, Fort Worth, anytime over driving in LA still.
2: So. Yeah, definitely.
1: When you got like eight highways going all different directions and, three of them are on the left and four of them are on the right. And one of them drops out of the middle of the highway, you
0: know, you no, know. no, no. And I, I mean, I know, I know we're talking about exercise and grip and stuff. We're going to get way off on a tangent, but that's one area of, of life with our contemporary, you know, civilization where I think we've gone downhill for sure. You know, we made some advances, i you know, grant us that in other areas, but when it comes to things like that, the traffic and stuff, yeah, the, the lower quality of life, I, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not really uh, necessary.
0: no, No,
1: it's not really necessary. You can live a pretty comfortable life doing, you know, work not that far from home and, you know, having your activities not that far from home and getting to know your local community a little better. Yes,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And I'd rather come visit you in Santa Cruz and go to the beach than try to go to Santa Monica Pier anytime because I was going to go to the Santa Monica Pier. And I think Uh I saw like 650 people cross the road at one crosswalk and I waited Uh forever and I was like, I'm not doing this.
0: No, no, it's (laughs) crazy. It's crazy crowded here too everywhere i guess you know uh we got to go back and visit lexington for my birthday and uh, you know it's w- once you get outside the city and you're in the areas it's just like i remember it uh beautiful i can't even describe it my words are just going to completely fail me but you know the the way i felt with the beauty and the horse farms and so familiar but when you're in the town and you're in the city you know it's like any of these places right it's the congestion and uh commerce and overcrowded and bumper to bumper traffic and you know and and, and for what for another Panera bread or another some of the stupid chain
1: or whatever so yeah
2: exactly I'm, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm gonna veer too much into politics i'm gonna be too much in the politics
1: we got uh, the same thing yeah. in texas i'm like i have all the same shops in a shopping mall in vancouver that there isn't no i mean what's the Dallas yeah, yeah there are a couple unique places place. we made sure to visit like the, the few <clears> unique <throat> things we could see but for the most part, yeah. yeah, it was, you know, there were only a yeah. few unique things left.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you
1: know, I, I'd imagine years ago, maybe when you were a child, you know, if you traveled through the country, it was vastly different where you went.
0: Yeah. And I do, I mean Not as it's been like before, that. but I do feel like it's more was more about the the individual character of these places, you know. Yeah instead of just everything becoming generic, you know, in uniform like that. So, exactly. but I mean, it's not how it is right now. So I know we got to, you know, we got to deal with this, deal <laughs> with this situation, but um, I don't know. So what do you, all, what do you, what do you all think? I mean, I feel like this is a great opportunity to talk about, you know, this, this stuff. Um, what do y'all, what are y'all, what are y'all thinking is the, uh, the next step? Like, well, I mean, I mean, tomorrow, I know we got King Kong. Right, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming none of us are doing it, right? Because we would already talked about this. You all aren't yeah. hosting anything, are you,
1: there? No, we competed in King Kong in North Texas. That's why we were there.
0: Oh, they did it early. I didn't realize. I thought it was all tomorrow.
1: No, it was. Yeah, uh, um, promoters get to go uh, either one week early or two weeks early. So they have the opportunity to oh, do
0: that. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, okay, and Adam okay. was
1: nice enough to uh, <clears throat> allow us to kind of choose the weekend in October. Because oh, he had that's really
0: cool. that's three weeks really cool. open
1: pretty much. And he's like, okay. hey, when you guys want to come down? I know you guys are flying all the way from Washington. What would work best for you? And then he built okay. the contest kind of around the day I we see. wanted to go. Yeah, so yeah, we were, yeah. He blessed us with letting us choose kind of our date to go to North okay. Texas and hang out and compete in King Kong. So we've already done the competition. Okay. So what were your thoughts on
0: the implements and stuff? Do you have any comments? Is it is it too much to go into for...
1: Uh, well, you know, it's, it's different. There's two different forms of grip. There's like uh, the European style of grip where they like the odd implements like the penny pinch and uh-huh. the, the Bloom and some smaller uh-huh. implements that are more intricate. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. technically I think that's probably more grip specific, you know, meaning just your hands, meaning just grip uh-huh. um, than arm lifting is. I mean, not everybody can lift 400 pounds off the ground. So 400 right. pound right. axles like tough for a lot of people. Um, so, you know, there's, it's two different, it's almost like two different sports.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it yeah, really is. Like yeah, you can
1: find guys yeah. that don't have very much strength overall body yeah. that can do well in the odd implement stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, and this and is an interesting
1: of, time, right? Interesting yeah, time we kind in of host the sport. Two different events. Um, cause the big ones we host are the golden potato championship and then grip in July. Gripness uh-huh. in July has a medley that has some funky stuff in it, has some vertical uh-huh. lifts, has some different things that are more towards the, the you know, grip focus of the sport. And then we do right. arm lifting, which is more towards, you know, overall body strength plus, you know, hand strength.
0: Right, right. So I think part of it is what what we're seeing, what we're talking about, like wh- where 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 these grip sports are right now, right? And whether we consider one big umbrella it's all in the grip or whether we consider like you're saying this european side arm lifting let's let's not forget uh the ones that go by grip sport right the north american Grip sport association yeah. you know they have their own history and their own tradition their own ways yeah. of doing things including with the timed medleys right yeah you know the way they organize it when the floor is filled with all these devices and you have a certain amount of time to do as many yep. as you can um And, and just to complicate things even further, even further, what, what I'm an observation I'm going to throw out there is that, um, one of, one of the things that that we noticed when we get to go, um, to the APL, y'all, y'all know the armlifting professional league, right? The APL is based in St. Petersburg and in Russia, unlike in the United States, they have several professional arm lifting organizations at like five or six. And APL is one of the big ones. And, uh, When we would go over there for their contest, uh, the World Championships, one of the things that we would notice is um, in other countries, sometimes they approach it really differently. So where those of us on Team USA, people like me and Clay, we would kind of think of it almost like a decathlon or something where we wanted to be more of a well-rounded person and be pretty good at all these things. Yeah. Um, A lot of other countries like in Russia, they would do the opposite. They would be like a specialist and they would just really focus on Rolling Thunder. Where they would just really focus on hub, and that would be all that they would compete on. Oh, and it's not—it's okay. not, it's not to say like in their training they wouldn't do some of this other stuff, but it was all in a supportive, supplemental capacity to get really good at this one event.
1: That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did, I did have seen some of what you're talking about in places like the Bone Hill contest that Arto currently hosts. And they certainly had a lot of those implements. And a lot of them come out of Finland. You know, people like Pekka right, is making some of this stuff. Yeah. Like the Finnish ball, right, and all yeah. these things. Um, I hate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it, but I hate it because of the British and sound I'm rubbish at it. You know, I suck at it. <laughs> exactly. You'll <I>, probably, <laughs> probably need to do it because I'm terrible at it, you know. But, uh, I, I mean, you know, I think it's an interesting question. Like, should we be kind of good at a lot of different things? Is it good to have an all-around group? And and while we're at it, I mean, geez, look at y'all brought up bending earlier and, you know, like the, 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 you know, the things that people have done with tearing, right. And all these kinds of things. And some people would say, that's a whole nother area. And some people say, no, that's all part of having a strong grip, you know? So we, we, we can even extend it out further, you know, but I think it's a good question. I think it's a good question. So, so your point is like, all this stuff is concurrent, right? It's all happening at the same time. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good point.
1: (sighs) And I like more of the arm lifting just because I come from a strongman background. So I like, you know, the big axle pulls and, Uh you know, things like that. And let's do a silver bullet hold and see what I can do and get a Saxon bar out, see if I can, you know, pull 300 pounds on a Saxon bar. And that's the kind of grip I like just because I come from that strongman background. That's just more Yeah, well, that
0: makes sense. That that makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, I think honestly... Sure, go
1: ahead. Like where they're going to make money in grip sport or in grip mm-hmm. in general, grip implements isn't going to be off us guys, us guys that are grabbing these, you know, metal implements and lifting big weights on it. It's going to be off people that are doing Pilates that are willing to squeeze the donuts,
2: oh, you know, and things like that. Like to expand
1: grip in general, I think uh, it's going to go towards like sports specific grip training uh-huh. and just grip for life training, uh-huh. like grip for, for, quality of life like uh-huh. you train older people grip for uh-huh. quality of life has a huge a bigger market than we could ever imagine grip sport could have you know with There's the baby potential
0: bo- yeah more yeah with the baby boomer
1: yeah. out there yeah. wanting to stay yeah. healthy in their older <laughs> life and you got to think how independent that generation was they were told yeah. when you're 18 you move out you get a job you take care of yourself so yeah. That generation of people that want to be able to take care of themselves until they die, they're going to want to have hands that can do the things they need to do in their older life, and I think that grip yes. for, for quality of life is going to be way bigger than any grip sport money making. You know, it's going to yeah. you are going to have a lot bigger market, make <clears throat> a lot more money yeah. aiming
2: towards that kind of demographic.
0: But that so, but if we if we go back, if we go back to what you were uh, some of the original things that you that both of y'all raised, because actually, because you were talking about some of the implements like the De bloom and all these ones that involve the thumb and the smaller muscles. But then you talked about uh, the bigger things, right? Like the axle coming from Shawman. And so when I think about some of these things, like what people need for functionally to, to get along, to yeah. do things, for example, in their kitchen or when they're shopping, I do think it's going to involve some of these kind of smaller hand kind of things. Yeah. But it
1: doesn't,
0: it doesn't have to be like the puff pieces. It doesn't have to be like the stuff that they, the low quality stuff that they, that they uh, mass market. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about and like the places like Amazon have made it worse. Cause there's like, you, you, there's like a, so much, but a lot of it is such low quality, you know, and I would like to see people gravitate towards more of the higher quality, durable stuff that's going to last.
2: Absolutely. Um,
0: but yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's more important because, uh, to do these things, you do, you do need your hands more, you, you know, you might be able to do some things off the ground, but, but maybe not to that other level. I mean, I, I could I could tell you a, a, a kind of a, just kind of a quick story about um, Betsy, um, and I know y'all have seen her on on my Instagram.
2: Yeah, and yep. um,
0: uh, we also you know we also have the YouTube channel too. It's called Getting Older, Getting Stronger. Okay. Which which um, let me check that. Out. I try to use the hashtag on the Instagram when I when I put it up on mine, but the the basic concept is like we're talking about. Just because you're getting older doesn't mean you have to be weaker. You can actually be stronger, especially if you're starting later in life. You know. Yep. And the original reason why she came to me in the very first place more than eight years ago is because her partner was uh, terminally ill. And she was like, well, I know if he fell, I wouldn't actually be able to pick him up, but I, I want to be able to help him. And if he's on the ground, if I could at least help him get up partway, then, then I would be, that That would be worth it for me. I, I, I would spend any amount of time if I could be more help to him if this were to happen. And so, you know, we, we trained together, we trained together and, um, one of the things that she had to find out early on is how, yes, you can do this. You can get stronger. But one of the things that we've been finding out together, like we talked about how we're all students, we're all teachers. One of the things we've been finding out together, because I'd never worked with um, people that were as old as my team and, until these last eight years, is, is that they can do it, but it just takes longer. You know, they have, it's, it's like in a single workout, it takes longer because it takes twice as long to warm up or their recovery takes longer you know, or it takes the, the trajectory of improvement is much, much slower. But if you can invest enough time and energy, you know, they can get to almost anywhere where they want to be. And so as we were training together over the years, movements like her deadlift kept creeping up, kept creeping up. And we eventually got to the point because she started when she was, uh, uh, Betsy started when she was 74. She's, uh, is that right, 73. Um, and so by the time that she was 80 and we've been training together that long, she was up to 200 pounds on her conventional deadlift. Wow. And and uh, just a year or so before that, what happened is her partner did fall and uh, she uh, came into the other room and saw that he was on the ground and you know he was very, uh, very uncomfortable, but he was also very embarrassed, of course, because he didn't want her to see him, that he was on the ground. He was trying to figure out a way to get up and he couldn't. And so she tried several times to get him up and what she told me is she said, I kept, kept hearing your voice in your head and I kept thinking of all the things we talk about and I kept trying to use all these techniques that we talked about. And she's like, I realized that, you know, I wasn't getting tired and I certainly wasn't hurting myself. I was just kind of having to figure out how to lift them because it's so different lifting a person than lifting something like a barbell, obviously, yeah. you know. And so she figured out and she picked him up and she had them in her arms and she's gonna put them on the bed. And so like it came full circle, you know, the, the situation that she feared, but then she was so glad too that she was able to do this. Um, And so this is like kind of a heavier version of that other story that we had about the kitty litter. You know, it doesn't matter if it's something that's really huge like this or it's just an everyday kind of thing. How easy it is, is it for you to, you know, carry your laundry around or run your vacuum cleaner? Or, you know, she loves to bake and she has a big industrial size mixer she has to pick up. She can pick it up and walk across the kitchen, you know, instead of having to call her neighbor or somebody to help her, yeah. you know, that's, that's just kind of thing.
1: That's why yeah, Joy please, actually please. got into it as well. And what we found <laughs> out from Joy, herself is why she wanted to train as I believe her grandkids were moving out and she's like, how am I going to get this five gallon water jug into my water bin? You know, there's no way I could pick that up and one of her grandsons said hey, have you ever considered getting stronger grandma and Mm -hmm. the rest is history and she's like, I carry those things one handed now and flip them up on there no problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, She's like, I'm the
1: first person that has my driveway shoveled in the morning. (laughs)
0: <laughs> love that i love that she, she went through so many
2: stages right yeah, yeah. She, she
0: went from just doing what she set out to do and then she found out that she loves it and, and, and like a different side of her comes out and she's yeah. oh man
1: i think she yeah, started know, with soup, never can, soup can presses too yep yep
0: yep well and then again with the pandemic a lot of us had to go back to square one and figure out how to do this stuff and then we built up to like a, a new level like you all got this whole new facility right that you got going and Still you know, working this, on that ten-gallon oh, yeah.
1: tomato soup can, but I'm
2: pressing
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, that's that, that, that's interesting though. The interesting point about the difference, you know, with within the sport and and the things that we get excited about, but also why why we do things and what motivates us, you know.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, I, I, I have had, I, I came out about it quickly, but I didn't want to sit there and belabor it. And I didn't want to do all this navel gazing and stuff. So I just will if you all mind. I just quickly throw it out there and we'll change the topic. But I had during the pandemic, I had this thing that happened to me personally, where, um, I, uh, I developed, uh, hernias. I developed two hernias and I got uh-huh. diagnosed with this. And, uh, so I've learned all about this. And one of the things I learned is that, people with male bodies in their 40s and 50s, like a third of us have this happen. So people that don't lift, people that do all kinds of things, it just kind of happens. And so I've, I'm learning all about this. So I had to completely change all of my training, you know, from from the rebuild it from the ground up. And I'm, I'm still right in the middle of early stages, so to speak, of figuring all this kind of stuff out. But um, so it's a, it's a question of always learning and trying new things. But it's also like, be thankful for what you can do you know and when you start to complain about oh I can't do this or I can't do that or it's like no no you know it could get worse you could you could lose this other ability or this other thing could happen or you know we could all go back to having to just stay in our houses again and not be able to go out and then then won't you miss going to that store that you complain about that they don't carry this without or the other (laughs) right
2: yeah yeah, exactly
1: (laughs) so what have you discovered in this journey um from that condition do you have that works better with dealing yeah. with it, or do you have to completely stop lifting or how do you go so, about you So know? I
0: mean, I'm, 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 I'm happy. I, I can tell you what i found so far, as long as I put a big asterisk by it and say, that's all that it is is, you know, like at this stage, what I know. Um, <clears throat> so as is often the case uh, in, in the medical community, a lot of times with doctors and especially with surgeons and stuff, they don't necessarily know very much about exercise or how it impacts the body. And in fairness, they haven't had any training in this, you know, their training yeah. is in entirely other areas. <clears throat> and so we all know the joke from, you know, coming from doctors is David it hurts, don't do it, you know, things like this. And one of the things that comes up when, when they try to give people advice, and this is either if you're trying to avoid making them worse, or if you've just had surgery and you've spent all the time, which it can take six months or upwards of a year to come back from, from the, the surgery that you do um they're using something called a mesh repair where they go in and put a piece of mesh and cover the spot but if you do come back from the surgery or if you decide not to do the surgery a lot of the advice that you hear from doctors is things like you know well just don't don't do things that are very strenuous so like this includes like don't deadlift any more than 200 pounds oh you can do whatever you want but but just don't deadlift more than 200 pounds things like this it's you're like whoa someone like me right it's like whoa what are you talking about <clears throat> so the more I research it, and a lot of the research is not just understanding the, you know, the anatomy and what, what happens, but also talking to people that have made choices like to have the surgery or to not have the surgery, and a lot of them are lifters. And um, uh, what, what, what it seems to be is, is that um, there's only a small percentage of the time, like for this kind of hernia, the inguinal hernias, like two or 3% of the time, it can result in something that's very serious, life-threatening, even like strangulation, if that happens, no question, it's emergency, you go to the hospital and as soon as they can, they, they do the surgery. But in other cases, what they say is they stay the same size or they could slowly get bigger or they could rapidly get bigger. And so what I'm trying to do is to either keep them the same size or keep them from growing as slowly as I can. And so I'm trying to work around it or prevent this from happening. And I, I could say in general, when I want to help other people as a, as a coach, you know, I usually talk about like three different kinds of exercise, you know, cause we, we have some exercise that is uh, detrimental that we suspect from our experience or from what others have told us that can make conditions worse. We have exercise where we're kind of working around the problem and not aggravating, but not helping it. And we have some kinds of exercise including, but not limited to, but including physical therapy type exercises that are targeted and improving the the area, right? Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is learn about the things to avoid, do as much of the second kind where I work around it, and then even to learn some of the third kind where I can help uh, support it. And so that's one of the reasons why I've been doing more and more and more midsection work, including a lot of calisthenics, is because if I can get all of these areas that are around them stronger, then what I feel like it's gonna allow me to do is relax that area more, if that makes sense. Because yeah, when, when, when they come out, you can feel it in real time when they come out and when they flare. And so at the risk of being too personal, again, you just just tell me that, you know, it's most of the bathroom activities are what make it the worst, like sneezing and blowing your nose and, and you know, having a bowel movement and these kind of things are what aggravate the most. And in exercise, if you can have good control, then it doesn't seem to aggravate it right then. It doesn't seem to aggravate it later on that day or the next day. And so as I'm exercising, including things like deadlifts or rows, squats when I'm down in that position, I'm noticing things like not just what is the weight, but how low am I? How much uh, intensity do I seem to be applying? Am I using this area or other areas of body? And I'm just kind of hyper aware of this and trying out different things. And you know, so, um, so far, some of the things that I've been doing are things like what you brought up earlier, things like going ahead and using a much bigger bar yeah. Because what that allows me to do is um, not only to keep the weight lighter, but um, I can just make it so much harder on my hands too, which I want, of course, you know, for my yeah. grip to get stronger. Of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, the things that, you know, so in a lot of ways, a lot of those things you talked about, those small implements, every everything from a finished ball to, to like a hand gripper to a pinch block, a lot of these things that we do, we attach it to a loading pen, you're pretty far off the ground. So you don't get your body down low in that position yeah, exactly. that's potentially problematic. Yeah. So um, that's that's all good. And so from a point of view of like the grip activities, the thing that I haven't been able to do are things like like an inch style dumbbell lift off the floor.
2: Yeah. Or right.
0: like when I've gone and done some plate hubbing and things like that, which I really enjoy, or some blobs or something. I have to put them up on like a 12 inch box or bring them up Mm -hmm. off the floor a little bit, you know, and then, then I can, then I can do it. Okay. And then usually it's not too much of a problem because most of these implements, you can lift them in a way that's not grip intensive, right? You can put your arms around it and cup it and just lift it up because the object itself is not that heavy. And then once it gets in positions, you can do it in a way that is grip intensive. So, uh, yeah, so, so far, so far, so good. I'm finding all kinds of things that, that I can do, but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know as I go. You know, but but I'm I'm very encouraged because I, I hear from people them. It's like anything, right? You come out with something like if you have cancer, heart disease. Ricardo has been talking about what it's yep. like absolutely. post heart attack, right? Um, do you all follow Strongman Archaeology, James? I'm sure you yeah, probably do, absolutely. right? absolutely. Yeah, he's somebody that's been living with and lifting with hernias for fifteen plus years. Oh wow! So he's like all the lifting you see me do. I've done with my inguinal hernia,
2: you know.
1: Yeah.
0: So so he's he's the kind of person that really encourages me, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has to be careful and learn their body. I have <clears> T <throat> spine arthritis, so I don't bench nearly sure. as heavy as Adam. You'll see that, and yeah. Adam's a lot more careful on his deadlifts because he has one hip that's about a half inch higher than the other. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I can push it a little harder about. on deadlift. He can push it way harder on bench press, and we sort of watch each other. Like if I'm benching, Adam's real careful about watching what I'm doing because he knows that I can hurt my back really well. And whenever he deadlifts, we're always keeping his, you know, weight where he's really comfortable and making sure that he's lifting level. Yeah, like
2: that. yeah,
1: yeah,
0: exactly, Absolutely. exactly. Or or just changing your mindset, right? Because I think again, I mean, I think for so many of us when we're younger, I'm not saying for everybody, but for so many yeah. of us when we're younger. Yeah, some One of the traits sometimes for youth is being kind of closed-minded and in certain ways, and you think, well, if I'm not squatting all the way down, it's not really a squat, or if I'm not coming all the way down to my chest, it's not really a yeah, bench press. So yeah. we have these kind of thoughts, and as we get older, right, on necessity, we have to realize we have to modify how we do it. You know, I, I was thinking earlier when you were talking about bowling, and they've often called bowling a lifetime sport, you know, because they yeah. say, like, no matter how old you get, you can still do it. You change yeah. your form, you know, you don't get down there as low, or you throw it differently, but you can still do it. And I think grip has a real potential to be that, too. Yeah, yeah,
2: I think so. Uh, I, I really do.
0: And may, maybe, okay, so maybe you can't do that one event. Maybe you can't do, like, heavy axle delet. But, you know, what the other side of it is, if you just want to do it, you can still do an axle delet, but maybe you're just not in contention for some trophy or something. But you still yeah, do exactly. it. Like you said, it's about the camaraderie. Or nobody's going to care if you do the two or four other events, but you don't do that one event. So what? Right.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean you can always just switch to rolling bender if you don't want to pick it up all the way off the floor,
2: you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's
1: fantastic. Absolutely. Thank
2: you. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And speaking of when we were younger and you know, we we're like, oh, I didn't go all the way down. I don't I didn't care about all that. I just wanted to bench and do bicep curls. Are you yeah. kidding me?
2: When I was <laughs> that's, that's, that's all that matters what you talking that's, about. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I actually I,
1: had to look good
0: my, doing it. <laughs> my uh one of my buddies, after I stopped training with my mom and I and I found this guy, Greg Cliston. We started working out together. He taught me a lot about bodybuilding. I did some of my first shows with Greg. And the first two years of his training, that's all he did was curls. That's all he did was curls. And need. so at one point, he had a 20-inch uh, arm, a 20-inch upper arm. And people would ask him, well, you know, how, how did that happen? And he'd always say, well, I they kind of had a head start. You know, I was doing yeah. it for a couple of years first before I did anything.
1: I, I'd run uh, bench and do curls.
0: Keep the cardio. You have that. You have that six pack
1: and the biceps and chest.
0: No, no, no. I know, and that's what you know. Now it's like we get older, and I'm like, that's that's one of the things I always tell younger people. It's like I spend more time warming up. I mean, you call it whatever you want. You know, they have all these words for now that they call it mobility instead of flexibility and stretching. They call it this and they call that. But like, I spend more time doing all that than I do what I would consider actual lifting or working out.
2: yeah. And I know all, all
0: that stuff is important. It's super important. And that, that was one of the things that I had to learn in the pandemic because I started having more and more aches and pains and nerve pain and all kinds of stuff because I was just sitting around too much. And so I had to reevaluate all my stretching protocols on my mobility protocol stuff. And I'm like, God damn it, now I got to stretch three times a day. But once I yeah. started doing that, all that other pain and stuff just went away, you know, it's like, okay. That's so what you gotta do. You know, you just do it. I to wish I would have done that young. younger. Yeah, 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 yeah. How 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 old are you all? If you know me, I'm 33.
2: You. Oh, yeah, okay.
0: okay, okay. Okay. And and uh so y'all been doing it for a while, but you're still real I would say someone like me would say you're relatively young because I'm 51. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah, somebody I... like Ode, Ode's crazy. Ode is what well, 71 now? And he doesn't even warm up, so he throws all that stuff out the window. Like I've never seen him do a warm up set. He'll be over there yeah, sitting and talking, like and somebody will just stand up and walk over there and left. You know,
1: I was. I'm kind of like Gumby. I've been really limber since I was a little tiny kid, and okay. I
2: can still almost drop into the splits at three in the morning. And I think some people are just that's just the way they are. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. No,
0: nope. I, I think part of it is is a is a. Uh, I don't, know what to, I don't know what to call it. Something something like a worldview, a lifestyle difference. Because I, I remember when we were in, uh, when we were in Finland for, uh, for Arto's contest for, for mm-hmm. the, uh, the contest as a bonehill contest. And I remember Jerome, y'all, y'all know Jerome? Yeah. yeah. I right? Him his brother. Yeah. And, and he came around and he was watching Jason dingy and some of us, you know, we we're all in a group and, and, you know, we're all kind of like this, you know, we had our notebooks and we're taking down all the notes and, you know, and, what am I going to do for my second attempt? And got to make sure it's, you know, this. And, and Jerome came around and said, man, you Americans are so serious. You're so serious. And I'm I, I really taken aback. I did not of know what he meant by this. And I have been was thinking about it ever, ever since then. You know, I'm like, you know, he, he, he's right. And I think what he means is like, you know, we're, we're in a foreign country. We're getting to see all this stuff. And you know, these people do all this stuff. And still, like, it's like this super intense, serious job. Every single second, we've got to be writing it down and recording it. And I look over and I see him and the other British lifters, I see the Finnish lifters, the ones from Russia, I see other, other countries and they're laughing and they're drinking and they got the arms locked and they're swinging, you know, and they're just having a, an absolute blast. And then, then when it's time for them to lift, it's like just something just switches over and they, and they lift. And, and let me tell you, they, they give it more than, you know, they, they, it's, if it's possible to give 100%, then they're giving 100%. But yeah. it was just like a switch, it was like flipping a switch. And then they're in, they're in that mode. And then after that, back to drink and have a good time and carrying on and partying and whatever. And uh, so I wonder if that's part of it. Someone like, oh, because he didn't grow up in the U.S. He's from somewhere else. And, you know, maybe they just get to where they're used to, like, when, when it's time, you know, you're on and you go do it and whatever, you know. Exactly.
1: But you said you've always exactly. been like Absolutely. that since
0: you were a kid. You could drop down the splits, huh?
1: Yeah, I think that that helps with not having to warm up as much for sure. Especially in yeah. my older age, I don't have to warm up as much.
0: What do you do like when you're with when you're sitting and stuff? If you don't mind me asking. Are you like in like a deep squat and stuff, or are you kind of like? Do you um, notice I like sure incorporate? protect your
1: day? my back as I like as I walk throughout the day and I stand throughout oh. the day. I definitely make sure I protect my back. Um, okay. and as I walk, I don't. I always I always make sure my back's somewhat loaded, um, and my knees are sort of like uh, you know loose and springy. I sort of walk in almost like a tai chi type position most of the time. I try to. Oh, okay, um, okay. And, yeah, I do stretch, like, if I'm sitting on the couch for a while or things like that, I will sit uh-huh. in a stretch position or I'll sit in a cross-legged position sometimes. Okay,
0: too, okay. To, but, you, so you, but you're always aware
1: it, of it, but, yeah, but you feel like
0: maybe it contributes a little bit, but it's more like you were just kind of always like that? Is that what you think?
1: Yeah, I think it, it was uh, just getting involved with that stuff when I was really young. Sort of Oh, early
0: habits and
2: stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, I was the one of the most limber people in martial arts when I was a little kid, and I, God, I just kept with that.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I can generally see that, you know, I mean, growing up around it, I, I remember I would walk in the room and I see my dad. He would have his leg up on the refrigerator, you know, he just would do this yeah. stuff like all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, and that's ideal if it would come second nature, right? It's, it's, it's just one thing to pay attention, but if you can sort of pay attention, but it's not all consuming where you can still do other stuff, I think that might be the best of both, you know.
1: You mentioned WWF earlier. Do you watch WWE today?
0: I, I don't, I don't. I n- never really got into it too much. My, my brother really got into it a lot more, you know. Um, I just have a few little sporadic stories here and there from from meeting some people. But how about yourself?
1: Are you a fan? You yeah, a fan we of? watch a little bit. I watch a little bit here and there. But I was going to say, if you did, there's a guy named uh, Big E on there who's like 300 pounds and oh yeah, can easily drop into the splits. Yeah. And he talks a lot about how anytime <clears throat> he rides in a car or anywhere, he's always stretching his hip flexors. All wow. the time. Well,
2: wow. he's always oh, making oh, no, sure I'll his that. hip I'll flexors are nice I'll and loose.
1: Even his silly okay. dance that he uses to walk to the ring and whatnot is uh, uh, hip opening movement. Yeah, yeah it's all to yeah. open up hips.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does yeah. constantly.
1: And he's oh, ludicrously cool. strong, like uh, a champion cool. power lifter, 575 uh-huh. pound bench press. Like, okay. One of the strongest guys in there now today. Yeah.
0: So he, and, and he's he, just constantly doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. I, I can't remember the football player now, but there was another football player that I remember. He was talking about that uh, he does watch quite a bit of TV, you know, and we can say that's, you know, it is what it is or there's problems with that. But one of the things that he does is whenever there's commercials on, he's always getting up and doing some exercising yeah. during the
1: commercials. Yeah.
0: And so it exactly. may only be a few minutes at a time, but then that's all day long or every day. Yeah, so you're not so, really watching
1: TV. You're taking breaks from your exercise.
0: Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you, you know, go. That's just a mindset thing. Yeah, that, that's that's one of the things that stuck with me that I that I learned from Clay. You know, because he's very good on on the grippers, on on the uh, hand grippers and stuff. Yeah. And when I was following some of that bad advice early on about oh, treat him because you're serious, you only train him one day a week, and he was like, you know, the first time I ever closed the number three, I was just sitting at a red light in traffic, you know. And it was just hitting home on that point that you just do this all that you do this all the time, and then you know.
2: I think that's what this is how we get said stronger. too.
1: Yeah, as he was yeah. working security and he owned a number two, and he just and this was way back when it was only one, two, three, and four,
2: uh-huh. um,
1: and so he'd take his number two with him to work and just squeezing, 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 and eventually, you know, he started taking his number three to work before he could even close it and just messing yeah. with it and squeeze the number two and just squeezing it, and eventually, like one day during his rounds, he just realized he was. Oh, wait, I'm closing it. Wait, that's the three. Oh, huh. that's great. Look at that. that. You know? Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm just on a patrol walking and realize, <sighs> oh, man. Oh, now I'm closing the three. Son of a gun. I didn't even I don't even know when my first close
2: was.
0: <laughs> I've and always how wild been, that, right? uh, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's, I think that's where it's at. And like, I've always been the kind of person I have to separate out, like, partition off, like, work and leisure. And now it's time to relax. And now it's time to work. and And I, I, you know, I keep a broken record, but like one of the lessons I learned during the pandemic, because I was reluctant at first to try to bring exercise equipment into this little one bedroom apartment where we live. And I just thought I would hate it. And I'll I'll be honest, it was a huge adjustment. It took six, eight months or so to get used to it. But once I got used to it, this is, this is great. You just walk over here and do a little, like you're talking about, just do a little exercise, go over there and do some work and come back over and do a little exercise. And, um, you know, uh. And I know a lot of people have made, this, have made this observation, but for me, it was kind of eye-opening because I, yeah, I, I never would have thought
1: I would have liked that, you know? Um, yeah.
0: I, but it's, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, please.
1: I think I, wa- I watched a performer that used to do like the, the unicycle and plate spinning and like juggling stuff all at the same time. And someone asked uh-huh. her like, how do you do all that and train for all that? And how are you doing so many things at once? And I remember her response was, I'm only doing one thing, I'm just performing. Oh. just doing one thing and that yeah. was eye-opening to me i'm like oh yeah. oh it is all just one thing you can think of it as yeah. oh i'm just flowing through life it's just yeah one yeah. thing yeah. it's just oh am i working my stretching can be while i'm working am i working out with me while i'm doing this and that and this and it's all just one thing it's not multitasking
0: right right think, right right
1: i think when you stop making it a chore and it just becomes part of your life like oh i'm gonna do this because it's a commercial break so i'm gonna get in my Push-ups or something. Yeah, maybe you want to build stronger chest. So you're like commercial breaks for this football game. I want to watch. I'm going to do Mm push-ups and then watch football game. Then I'm do push-ups and watch football game. Then I'm do sit-ups. And it's never like you stop and actually have to think about. I'm going to do a complete workout right now. You just incorporate it with what you're doing. Like what the hell are you going to do during the football game, anyways? Go grab some more cheese and a beer. Ah, no, get out and do some pushups. Yeah. Right,
0: right, right, right. It becomes incidental. It's not something we think about too much. And you know, it, for all this talk about the importance and the usefulness of things like mindfulness and living the moment, we also have overthinking it. And a lot of people overthink yep. it. And once yep. they become aware of it, then they're uh, then they're dreading it. Oh, what if this? What if that? And if they would have just done it all the time, they'd, the energy is spent. You think about it, right? They could have already done a Saturday, whatever. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's why some yeah. when a lot of people say just start somewhere and do something is going to be a lot better than thinking about how to do it perfectly for three hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree.
1: I think that's probably out of our 42, I think this is 42nd interview we've done. I think that's the most common, commonly shared piece of advice we get is just get started.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, you can always you can always stop, or maybe you'll find you want to do something else. Maybe it'll lead you to something else, like we were talking about earlier with the gateway, the gateway yeah. drug, right? The, the potato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. What do you true. consider your
1: greatest athletic achievement? What's your big one?
0: Oh. <laughs> you're assuming. You're assuming, assuming.
1: Assuming you got a big one. Oh god.
0: Oh. Um.
1: Put them on the spot Maybe
0: no it's, it's good it's good i appreciate it it's appreciate it. It's, it's good to make make it make you think think you know um i i, I tell you what i I'm, do you mind if i do you mind if i answer this like two different ways is that okay sure go oh. for it <laughs> okay. i because i you know i i think that uh the things that i'm thinking about uh one one thing that i so, so w- w- one way that I'm thinking about it is like something something that even though I really suck at it, uh, I've had to work so hard at it to overcome it. And so this is something that I'm really excited about or proud of or whatever. Um, but it wouldn't be considered a big athletic achievement to a lot of people. But to me, it's a big deal because my baseline was so low. It's so hard yeah. for me. I sucked at it so much. And now that, that would be some of the calisthenics things I've been doing, like the l sits. Yeah. Because I, yeah, uh, I saw the, the first effort starting... you put on those, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was a journey, yeah. yeah. I mean, four like for me, that's a long time. It was four years from the time I first started to try to do it to get to the point where I could do it off the floor. You know, and it was these teeny, teeny, tiny little baby steps, you know and uh that's so, not easy
1: for anybody to do especially someone your
2: size it's crazy it's impressive i mean
0: i just you know like talking about it, i saw a yeah. lot of other people doing it and i just i wanted to try to see and do it and i set it as like a lifetime goal and i didn't know if i could ever be able to do it and as it turns out it took about four years but then i could do it you know and then of course we're not satisfied with that of course then we just want to try to do other things and so that's probably something that, I, that i'm more excited about because i had to work so hard at it it took so yeah so darn yeah. long
1: amount adversity you um, overcame for it
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I do believe that. I do think we appreciate it more. Um, but, uh, but, but, but I think that if, if you talk about things like, uh, like what other people might think is exciting, it's going to be something totally different. So like something like, uh, I don't know if y'all saw this, but you know, you know, those, some places still have the hex dumbbells, you yeah. know, where the heads are shaped like a hex and it's yeah. increasingly rare. But at Santa Cruz Strength, we're, we're fortunate to have some of these hex dumbbells. And so um, I was able to lift uh, by the face a 60-pound hex dumbbell and then later a 65-pound hex dumbbell. And so, yeah, I, 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 you know, that's that's the thing where, like, I think that other people are going to see that and get excited about about that, you know? And I got quite a bit of feedback um, from people on that. So that's that's why I would say that. But to me, that's really different because that's that's a different kind of thing. like. It's. I'm glad. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I fired up some people, but um, that happened relatively quick for me. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean. So. Um, I don't know. I think it's. A, I think it's a great question. I think it's a, I think it's the kind of question we should probably ask ourselves at least maybe on a yearly basis or something. You know, take a step back and take a look. What? What? Do you mind if I turn around and and ask you all? Because maybe you all have a different perspective. Like, what, what What? are some of the things that y'all are happiest about that y'all have done?
1: Um, I mean, grip-wise, I worked a long time towards closing the three, so if I was going to say grip-wise, I would say closing the three.
0: Oh, okay. Um, do you, and do you get officially certified and all that? I haven't
1: certified on it. Okay. I want to get the MASH Monster cert next year. Okay. I closed it from parallel, okay. but I've only closed okay. it once, and I was on a okay. really fired-up day, and...
0: Yeah, I, I was, you closed you closed the three, though. Congratulations. So on, yeah. I was That's so awesome. on that
1: day. I needed, I knew awesome. I needed to come home and, and try that three that day, and I got it. And I was pretty stoked. I haven't closed it since. It was like a month ago, a little over a month ago. Okay,
0: okay. That's very um, exciting.
1: And then other than that, honestly, I would say doing all this stuff without getting injured has been another big thing that I'm yeah. really proud to have accomplished, knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I finally bowled a perfect game. That was kind of cool a while back ago.
0: You bowled a 300
2: game? <laughs> yeah. You
1: Grandpa never even did, did that. that. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Oh, I trained God. a long time. I was there oh, my God. to have an amazing coach. And uh, he just, he's bowled like 50 plus 300 games and like 30 plus 800 oh, series. Insane. And wow. he comp- wow. he uh, coached the Philippines to a gold cup and all that. And I became <laughs> okay. good friends with him and, uh, when I started bowling, it was just fun, and then I I met him when he was working at the pro shop when I was like 16, 17. and uh-huh. probably took me eight, nine years. And I mean, I was at the bowling alley five, six times a week. Bowling.
0: Yeah, yeah, it took
1: yeah. Like seven or eight years to finally bowl a perfect game. So that was really cool.
0: And and so many people have never will never do something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's that's remarkable. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's done that before. Wow. Wow, was what, what was it? Was it really quiet? Were there a whole bunch of friends around, or like, what, what was the circumstances like in the bowling alley when it happened?
1: Um, it was league, and a lot of people actually get kind of quiet for you. That's oh, it you was know, during was during the league. That's what during I've league noticed play too play. When, when you hit over. about ten strikes, every yeah, show. Yeah, when oh, when you're wow. at, like wow. the front seven or eight, they kind of leave you alone and let you do your thing. Okay, and uh, I'm not that way, so I was out talking uh, uh, to yeah. Stony and hanging out, and
0: yeah, 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 yeah. like.
1: What is he doing? I'm like not in my chair, just goofing around, hanging out. And I'm like, when it comes time, I'm going to throw the same exact ball that I throw every time. I already know it's the same routine. It's the same thing every single time. I'm going to get up. I'm going to line up. I'm going to know from just bowling earlier what the lane condition is. So I know what board I'm lining up (laughs) on. I know how to throw the ball. I know what board I want to hit. That's all I can do.
2: Man,
0: man. I
1: the same and everything goes good. Wow. I,
0: I can't even, there's been so many times that you're, you're a real boulder. So there's so many times i talk to people and they only have like limited experience with bowling. You know, it's kind of like the Christmas Catholic. Like they've only done it like today yeah. once a year or something like this. Right. And I would try to talk about this cause I, I would just do it recreationally. So when we would move to a new town, that's one of the things I would like to do is join a bowling league to get to know people. Cause I like to socialize and get yeah. to know people. Um, and then, and then I would routinely get frustrated because a lot of well-meaning people would try to teach you and show you how to bowl better, and uh, I was like, man, even though I appreciate what they're doing, I just kind of wanted to to relax and just have fun. And you know, it wasn't it became not fun for me when I was trying out like twelve different coaching tips, you know, at the bowl. Yeah. But I had a different mindset than you do. It's a totally different mindset. But but I would bring this up with people when I talk about grip, and I would often bring up bowling, and I would say it reminds grip reminds me of bowling so much because even though you try to do the exact same things and you try to have the similar, you spend all this time, like it always seems like things can go wrong and there's different things that enter into. It's so complicated, you know, it's just, I feel like it's just so incredibly complicated. But like I said, I don't think I've ever met anybody. That's, that's cool. The 300 game, wow.
2: Yeah,
1: it was was awesome. I think then like a couple of weeks later we threw, me and Stoney were bowling back and forth just for practice. And Uh we looked up one time and we had 20 strikes in a row or something. Okay. Because we were just, we were bowling like oh, teams. And, like He's like, oh, hey, we just threw a perfect game. And then we hit so like, how did the ball. So how
0: did it interfere or did it? Maybe it didn't interfere at all, but I, I found I couldn't figure out ways to incorporate it into my training without it affecting my other training, especially the grip training. Do you do find like it, it's it's that way where you have to, or does it not really affect your other training too much to bowling?
1: Um, I think if you want to be an elite bowler, you're going to have to get away from grip training just because you have to focus so much on, um, certain aspects of how you train. Uh, Um, even weightlifting wise, you have to train to become a bowler. You need certain muscle groups to work better than others as a bowler. Um, You're going to spend a lot of time just bowling on the lanes. And if you can, if you're fortunate enough, um, you have to figure out how to bowl different patterns, and then you are going to want to bowl against left-handed bowlers if you're a right-handed bowler because when you get uh-huh. into 10, 12 games of bowling and you're bowling against a lefty, he's pushing your oil to the right and you're pushing the oil back to the left, and it's going to affect the the lanes will break down oh, differently
2: wow. wow! Wow! because
1: the yeah. path of travel isn't the same wow. with a lefty bowling a righty. You're attacking the lane completely different. And it spaces the oil out and it dries up differently than if everybody's bowling right-handed and you're all kind of rolling the same path. Like See, the are talking about. down So different.
2: Okay. Okay. So
1: you have to kind of like I was fortunate enough to have my coach is left-handed, so I gotta bowl against somebody that was lefty and yeah. figure out lane's breakdown because I could find all the okay. right-handers in the world.
2: Okay. So you know,
1: there's plenty of them, but to find a yeah. good left-handed bowler is tough.
2: So yeah. luckily yeah. I had
1: my coach who was a left-hander. Okay.
0: Interesting. That's very fascinating.
1: Yeah, there's a lot more to bowling than people realize. And then you break down like the course of the bowling ball and what yeah. they're going to do and when they're going to turn over. If it's going to be mm-hmm. late, if mm-hmm. it's going to be early. You this know, the many...
0: close the closest thing that I have experience wise to this is when, when we were uh, when we were competing in Russia. Uh, a lot of the Russians um, didn't use chalk at all in the implements, and a lot of the people from other countries use chalk on the implements. And then we had uh, new rules that would come in that would say, like, you know, you you, you can chalk uh, your hands, but you can't chalk the implement. Uh, at one point, they would tell us, like, you can chalk both, but you only have a time limit. And so you're trying to figure out, you know, I'm thinking about this when you're talking about the oil on the lanes. You're trying to figure out how to get that chalk on there in the time you have. And then they, yeah. the referees would come around and wipe it all off for the next lifter. You know, and so this, this game back and forth with the chalk, you know, um, but obviously it's really different, but uh it's just what, what you're saying, you know it's everything, it's like so complicated when you start to study it, yeah, and learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. interesting stuff.
1: Yeah. So uh on the opposite of that aspect, what do you consider your greatest blunder and or injury?
0: My greatest blunder or injury, just standing up for a second here, kind of move around as we as we talk about needing to move around and walk, stretch. Um, well, I guess, I guess my greatest one, uh, was, uh, something that I did when I was, when I was younger, uh, when I was about 27, uh, I tore my ACL oh. and it was, it was really my first, first big injury and probably the biggest injury that I've ever had of this type. And uh, I was in a gym and I was in a new gym that I wasn't familiar with. And they had a power rack and my, my regular gym didn't, didn't have a power rack. So I was very excited to do some different kinds of, uh, you know, you know, basically squats on, on different depths, right? Different, different levels of partial squats on different depths and using the power rack for this. And at this point, you know, I was uh, fortunate. I never really had an injury I, and I felt very strong and felt very invincible in general. I think part of it was the attitude of youth and part of it was just stupidity and everything else, not having that experience and everything. But um, I, things were going good. and I kept going up and weight. And I kept going up and weight. And I had, I had one set where I did eight partials uh, at 8.55. And it went really, really smooth. And I thought, yeah, you know, it's going great. Let's jump up again. And I was stupid. And I, I went up to, to uh, 9.55 and trying to do some partial squats at that weight. And on what happened was uh, from the bottom position when I was trying to come up, something inside me like I had a first voice that kind of said you can't do it it's it's not there just bail on it and you know rather than listen to that first voice I listened to the second voice that comes along it's like don't give up on it don't give up on it. don't give up on it so I was stubborn as hell and I kept pushing I kept pushing I kept pushing and at that moment my ACL just ripped right in half you know yeah and I just collapsed on the ground you know and it wasn't, it wasn't so much pain as it just, like, felt weird. Like, of course, you hear the noise. And I tried to stand up, and I couldn't bear any weight on it. And somebody else in the gym, the stranger, because, like I said, this is my first time in that gym, they saw me go down, and they came rushing over. And they helped me get to my car. And then, um, luckily, I didn't have a stick or anything. I could, dr- I could drive home, you know. Uh, the problem was we lived on a second floor of this apartment, so I had to crawl up those steps to get up oh, wow. to the top. Yeah, but then my, my then partner at the time helped me get back down again. We went to the hospital, you know, and then eventually, you know, after the swelling came down, they diagnosed it just, what do you think? is a, a complete ACL tear. But, um, you know, this was the first of, of many of these kinds of lessons, you know, where it's like, okay, you know, you, you, you need to listen, you know, and, you know, it's like trying to figure out, it's, first of all, you got to hear your body talking to you. And then second of all, you got to figure out what it's, what it's trying to say. But, you know, that's that stubbornness is probably not going to get you anywhere, And you don't have anything to show for it. And all you've done is hurt yourself now. You know, and there was an awful long time after all the rehab. There was another solid year on top of that before I was just brave enough to get to get back in the squat rack again, you know. And then after that, you start slowly building up your confidence and doing more and doing more, you know. It's like, it's like with anything, you know. Yep. Um, yeah. And then you, you lift long enough. And I do think these kind of injuries eventually happen, you know. I end up having a disc bulge later and I had to do the same thing with my deadlift, build it up from scratch and start all over again. But, you know, each, like we're talking about with with learning, right, and growing, each each time something like this happens and then you learn from it, you you hope you do,
1: right? You hope you don't make the same mistakes again. That's really stupid. I just learned from you. I don't want to squat 900 pounds. And I like that about grip sport. I don't have to squat
2: 900 pounds to
0: to Learn vicariously. Exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean, so much of the
0: time, we have to make our own mistakes, right, and stuff. But
2: sometimes. a large
0: horse on your
1: back and standing up with it. Yeah. Put a brown bear. (laughs) What's uh, What's your big goal now? What's your next athletic goal?
2: It's a great question.
0: you know, I, I, I don't, I don't have like specific numerical goals that are like coming to mind, you know? Uh, I think for, cause I, I think about my team that I coach my team's fastest as much for myself. And I think at this stage, a lot of it is kind of like what you were saying, like to, to basically to keep continuing to train. I don't want to get injured because I don't want to miss workouts, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's just continue to steadily train and continue to make progress on as many areas as I can. And, uh, when I, when I feel like some of these things are stabilized enough and we don't have certain kinds of risks associated with contests and stuff, you know, I do want to get back to doing contests, you know, especially group contests.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I, I know that, you know, uh, my team, I know that Marianne and Betsy, they're looking forward to doing not just group contests, but looking forward to doing pilot team meets and stuff again too. Um, but, you know, I think that's something that's changed in me too. I don't necessarily have some of these specific numerical goals that I used to have before. And I, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to yeah, say you, know, you want to yeah. get better at everything. You want to improve, you know, um, part of it could just be like maybe on the spot. Cause I'm thinking about it, uh, you know, like uh, m- maybe if I think about it, I can, you know, send you all my, a message later. And I suppose I should have thought of some of this stuff. I should have anticipated some of this stuff, but I just thought, well, we'll see what we talk about. We'll see where it goes. You know, didn't have a lot of preconceived notions about it. And, um, I'm thrilled to be able to talk to y'all and hear from other people. You know, was oh, yeah, it, those only questions that people are asking, they're asking about the three inch bars and stuff like that.
1: What's
0: that? The, the the questions that other people were asking about were just like things like the three inch bars and stuff, huh? Yeah.
1: You know, and how from, you got your forearm so massive mainly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just time. I'll defer back to what Adam Glass said, you know, he's just do it long <laughs> enough, you know, it's going to happen. I used to have little bitty forearms. Like used to be my biceps were really dominant. My forearms were teeny tiny, but, but you know now, like eight years plus of training grip, and you know doing more and more volume. Like we said, they're gonna get bigger.
2: You know, there you yeah. go. Should have said you were just said you're just born that way. Yeah, Sorry, eight, eight years <laughs> of came out
1: with eight plenty of spinach. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, really I'm, only I'm, I'm excited grip, to um, see what other about people. A year, do. Honestly.
1: What's that like, again? Adam and I, we've really only been doing grip about a year.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 do, you, what do you? What do you think? Because I get really excited about watching. But this, this has been the thing, especially to the pandemic, but in general, why I like things like Instagram and stuff is because then you get motivated for yourself stuff because you see what other people do, right? Yeah, and but, so I was yeah. wondering for a long time, like, like who's going to ever be able to do something like 300 pounds on a Saxon bar? You know, probably nobody. And, oh, you know, Heather, and I, Heather and I talked about maybe it's going to yeah. be the next generation.
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. have you, have you yeah. seen
0: like like Emma uh, is like Jason and Melissa Denji's kid, Emma? Yeah.
1: And we're His like, kids maybe got like some crazy grip lift already.
0: Right. Maybe they're gonna be the ones that are gonna yeah. yeah. pounds on a bar. But I then think we're so. watching people and we got we got people like you know Carl Myersco and we got yeah. Adam Glass and we got you know us um, what is dude's name? He's older, he's older too. We did this contest. He's doing the King Kong out in Colorado. Do you all know him Steve? Okay. Steve Millard or somebody. Yeah, every day we're seeing people doing more and more on the suction yeah. bar, and I like well, maybe, maybe that'll happen in our lifetime, you know? Maybe that'll yep. that'll happen in our lifetime,
2: you know?
1: I love watching the kids because they don't have any, like, idea of when to stop. I mean, they're lifting so hard that implements are flying out of their hands. They're trying so hard. It's just incredible oh, yeah. to see.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like, my awesome. daughter
1: has no threshold. She just goes for it. She's lifting, like, 51 pounds on the golden potato at seven. I'm like, yeah. she... She must weigh 65 pounds and she's almost lifting that one handed right now. Like wow. you're wow. insane.
0: Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's there, right? In all of us. And yeah, somewhere I along think the way, we have generation. fear and doubt and stuff tamping us down and holding us back, right? Yeah.
1: They just go yeah. for it. I mean, yeah. it's awesome to see them just go
2: all
0: Man. out and
1: try hard and get excited at such a young age. I mean, we, We've wanted to start the kids group, and there's, like, three or four of them that compete at our contest, yeah. they're all okay. under okay. 12 years old that compete with us. That's and, great. You know,
0: That's great. They can't sweet. start too early. Just like and you I can't start too late, you can't start too early. I think that that really
1: knows how to train their grip, like, will have right. a correct path of progression, because I think the sport was kind of figuring it out during my entire lifetime.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope we didn't. I hope we never figured out. I hope we keep searching, you know,
1: exactly. For sure.
0: Um, I, I, I was thinking about when you're talking about that thing about the kids and how they just go after it, right? They just attack it. And I was thinking about, you know, when I'm working with a lot of older folks and oh, yeah. I mean, we're all we're, all, we're all like this to a certain level, right? We're, yeah. yeah. you were know, talking about injuries. I was talking about injuries and it's like, how, how can we train right up to the edge? Cause we feel like we need to train as hard as possible to get improvements, but not pass over to where we get injured. Exactly. And I was thinking about this and it's like, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud as we go here, but like, you, you got to have something like fear because of these things, like you need to know, like where, where that edge is. Right. So you don't go over it. But at the same time, you, you don't want to have something like doubt or something. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to, to not, not, not try to lead right up to where that edge is. Right. You, you do want to go for it, but then but then in the back of your mind you have something like fear or caution that prevents yeah, you from yeah. stepping over, and so that's that's a question I have is how do we, how do we do that, how do we develop cultivate that kind of that kind of uh, attacking aggressive going for it, but 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 not spilling over into reckless crazy wildness where you're risking not not, not just injury but sloppy ugly form and things that shouldn't even count that's not a legit lift yeah. <laughs> you know right yeah
1: and what's cool with the kids i mean that's no big deal i'll let them go uh-huh. for it and then if it's like oh well hold on real quick let's get the form uh-huh. back let's do this oh, okay that's easy versus you know having a mental block i would say uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: getting them to slow down is easier than trying to get somebody over a mental block for sure i believe
0: okay but so so do, you, be do, like, you do you right, ask them when sure. you're coaching them like do you ask them do you say like like try to find out what their thinking was, like why it is it did that way? Or is it, or you just start with more directive, like you're telling them, try it this way or try it that way? Or how do you do it?
1: Uh, We usually see what they do. I mean, I'll start them at a Uh certain weight and see what they're pulling or how they're pulling. And then we'll give them advice on how to have proper technique and we drop weight. So they have that. And then we'll just let them go. Like, okay, how much you can do. I mean, we, I'll put on like for my son, who's getting better and he's, his goal is to hit 60 pounds on the golden potato throughout the, like the last two or three months i'll have him warm up and tell him how to do certain jumps and weight and then i say all right i'm going to put a weight on here and i don't want you to know what it is you're just going to try to pull it off the ground yep. uh-huh. but you don't know what it is i know what it is but you don't get to know what the weight is and then it'll surprise oh, interesting. you
0: what it is interesting interesting okay you know, that way he doesn't
1: get to think about what he's lifting he just has to think yeah. About the lift yeah just lift yeah, it.
0: yeah 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 okay that's interesting that's interesting so i was thinking about some of this early research that we can't do now because of things like the institutional review board, the IRB, I don't know if y'all have heard about this, but you know, for universities, right. And for hospitals and whatnot, Um, ever since the Nazi Germany and the Nuremberg trials, we had these things where we said, okay, there's certain things you can do and can't do because of ethical considerations. And so prior to some of this, we would do some of this uh, hypnosis research and we would hypnotize people. and And then inevitably under hypnosis, they could always lift more, whether it be more weight or more reps or whatever yeah. because they didn't have some of these barriers we're talking about exactly. but of course we think it's risky too they could they could hurt themselves and they could do other things and so i'm kind of thinking about this when we're talking about like the surprise like oh you know focus on your technique or focus on said don't think about the weight and then you'll find out what it is and do they do they like that they get excited about that and enjoy that kind of lifting and- yeah they
1: they both love it okay, okay that's cool. that's cool that's cool cuz then when they see it and I always like to give them a little more than what they think they can do. So okay, my son wants to go okay. for like 56. I'll put like 58 on there. And yeah. On I kind like, of, oh, okay.
0: So i do a little bit of that. I kind of yeah. do a little bit of that depending on who I'm working with. Cause I have some people, some people that get excited by the numbers and they get yeah. excited by things like the visual of lifting a bigger plate. And there are some people that, that we know that it intimidates them. And yeah. they don't like to know. And so I'll just say, Oh, we're just going up a little, but I don't tell them what it is. And I make, purposely use a bunch of smaller plates and then afterwards yeah. well, you know what you just did it was a pr and you did this and such and such so depending on the person and their psychology yeah, yeah. I, I, do, I do a little bit of that but it's never just like a complete surprise like you know i haven't I haven't tried that no i'm yeah. wondering about that it's huh. fun okay think about so I'm warm
1: up they clearly know the stack's a little bit bigger so it's like oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's more yeah. than Okay. What I just warmed up with but i don't know it's not what zero it is, exactly. there. yeah okay okay remember deception still, still allowed in science okay that's you're right. all allowed to deceive people that's still okay <laughs> that's still in the ethical groundings of okay
0: yeah 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 and if maybe maybe the ends justifies the means i mean maybe the payoff is bigger you know a little bit of trickery is justified you know if they yeah, do it, if they're so happy. They're so happy when they do it, you know.
1: I think it builds a lot of confidence sometimes in this necessary <sighs> for sure.
0: Yeah, they did when they someone does something where they didn't think they could do it, and then they they found out that they can do it. is was one of the best things I think.
2: Absolutely, it's out there.
0: And I had Betsy, Betsy had some stories. You know, um, well, one of the things we did was we maxed out the calf rays. The calf rays went up to. 500 pounds at our one gym and we maxed it out we had to put extra weight on there. And, uh, at this, at this point, you know, she's 82 now. She was probably 79 then. So she was, was a few years younger. And, uh, and it was like more than triple her body weight. She did a set of 10 calf raises with this thing. And we're talking about like people in the gym, like somebody stopped and would look at her, you know, and look on their face, like wait a minute that's that's not right that's not right you know just really really questioning you know people's people's notions and you know like yeah. what just happened you know like in that? the
1: twilight zone or something yeah yeah <laughs> you know is that really yeah. an 80 year old woman i'm looking at or is this somebody yeah like, wait a second
0: well it's like the, what we're talking about with the kids it's the same way you know or, or or you you said you know when you're watching somebody like you know what, what adam glass is doing or what tanner's doing and you know, like they're not small people you know and they're doing this stuff you know, with their bodies in space or that, that athlete, you know, the big E that you were talking about, right. Yeah. at his his size and he's able to do some stuff that causes people to think differently sometimes about some of this kind of stuff, Exactly. which may be the most we can hope for, you know, at least momentarily, at least for a little while now, maybe 10 minutes later, they go back to thinking, Oh yeah. Older people are this." for kids, kids, you know, what do they know? But for a moment they paused and they had to think about something a little differently.
1: That's exactly why I got into grip sport, honestly. Um, you know, you see <clears throat> Magnus Samuelson close the number four, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's Magnus Samuelson. Yes, yeah, you know, whatever. But uh-huh. then you see Tommy Heslepp close the number four, and you go, wait a minute.
2: Yeah. That guy's yeah.
1: 170 pounds, uh-huh. and he just uh-huh. did what Magnus Samuelson does. Yeah. Right.
2: right. That's when
1: I realized, well, I'm not going to be a six foot, eight, 400 pound monster. So see what I can yeah. do with my hands.
2: It's like yeah, watching, maybe bed. I can yeah. do some really
1: cool World Strongest Man type stuff with my hands. It's like oh, watching yeah. Devin Hoover bend metal, and you're like, "Look at that skinny guy!" Yeah, exactly. Like, what oh, is that? Devin. Are you kidding
0: yeah. me, Devin? That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, and he's—I mean, he's—he's he's a lot like Ricardo. We talked about Ricardo earlier. Devin, you couldn't find a better ambassador I mean, he loves, loves this stuff. Loves talking to people, oh, yeah. showing, sharing what he knows and what he's learned. and 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 you know, another encyclopedia like Ricardo of information yep. and knowledge and numbers and uh, we would we would we would be lifting, you know, and and Clay and I, we'd be struggling, we couldn't remember like, you know, we wouldn't have a vague notion of what's a decent lift. And it was always like just call Uncle Ricardo, call uncle call Ricardo up and right away, you know, he could tell you. You know the top nine lifts and who did it, and what what year and what city were they in, and where they did yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Re- yeah, Art it's is like amazing okay, source of info. Okay. Yes, he is. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's helpful.
2: You know.
1: Yeah, he yeah. helped us a lot when we did our first comp. We did our first comp with arm lifting, and he was there to coach us the whole way on how to run yeah, it. So he's it was like, "Call fantastic. us anytime you need me." Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. soon as we call, he's like, "Ready? All right, what do you guys need?" Yeah. I was like, I know your competition's going on right now. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome
0: and then i love i love the folks that are like the, the opposite too you know like getting getting to meet uh, arto have you all got to meet arto yet no
1: yet. i all i could think oh. about is the story adam glass told me about arto and, and, the, song, tell me, and the tell sauna me tell me
0: oh yeah 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 yeah. tell me tell me if you can is there something you can talk about on the air so to speak
1: yeah i think you can probably tell it on the air <laughs>
0: We have a we have a you'll a have G, to ask Adam, he tells version. it way
1: better. We'll just put okay, it that way. That's
0: fine. That's fine. We can we'll just we can leave it at that. That's fine.
1: Ask Adam sometime about that story okay. because the way he tells it's just hilarious. Yeah, you'll get a kick out of it.
0: Well well our Arto is bigger than life. You know, you talk about yeah. people are bigger than life, right? Yeah. And and what I love about Arto is he treats everybody the same. And anybody, I don't care who you are, meet him the first time, man, woman, old, young, whatever. He's going to give you the biggest bear hug and pick you way up off the ground and maybe even hold that hug, hug a little too long and just keep hugging you, you know. And he just he, – hes he, what you see is what you get. He loves it. He loves lifting. And so, in a lot of ways, he's the opposite of somebody like Ricardo because he couldn't tell you a number he ever did on anything. He just, you know, he's like, Dolly, you know, do something. Get in there and lift. and lift, <laughs> You know, and lift it. Do something. And that, that's what it's about to him, you know. It's just like you bring in that exuberance and that energy, you know, and so I, I really appreciate that too, you know. Um and, and it's it's a reminder, you know, we have we have this saying about the you know, just pick it up, right? Just, yeah, exactly. On another level, it's just like that. Don't overthink it as said, you're gonna lift or if you what's the worst thing that can happen, you're not gonna lift it.
2: Exactly. You know, I I you, exactly. you know the
0: stone stone lifter, the Steve Jack, you all know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And do, do you read his book of Stones and Strength? Do you ever come across that and read that? I
1: have not read it now.
0: Man, I'm trying to remember. He's he's talking about on um, the script of pronunciation. What's that the one of the famous ones in England? And it looks like I N V E R do you know that stone? It's kind of an oval, big oval shaped stone. It's one of the famous men Oh, Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen and, that
2: one. And,
0: yep. yeah. And he he talks about that stone. The first time he met that stone and encountered that stone. And, you know, he was he was thinking about it he's sitting there in the field and he's thinking about it. he's thinking about all the people that had lifted it before or tried to lift it before and he's becoming really overwhelmed and he starts to go down this track in his mind is how he tells the story and he's like I'm thinking about all the people that have done it and how great they were and somewhere along the way he starts to go to like like who who am I who am I Why do I why do I think I even have a shot at this stone why am I even thinking about it and so he's letting he's letting the weight of the world and all these thoughts kind of get to him, and as he's pondering this and puzzling this and feeling this, he said some passerby that's like a local walks by and sees him and and just kind of says, "Hey, better to try and fail than not try at all." And he says, just like a shot, just like a shot, just blasts through him at that point. And he just goes down and goes after and lifts it up. And um, you know, when when I think about that, like I'm sim- simple enough, I still get these chills. You know, whatever yeah, yeah. that story because like that's what it takes for some of us it's like just yep. try it just go for yeah. it you know so when when Arto says do something you know for a lot of us it's like a like a lightning bolt you know it just gets his, this burst of energy and it helps that he's got this big booming voice you hear him above the above the crowd shouting for everybody and stuff you know that's awesome yeah you know, or so y'all I'll ask Adam about his story yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. it theory. won't be
1: as good as my it, so I'm gonna
2: let <laughs> yeah, him okay. do it for him okay okay <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think there's some things in grip that some people would get to and complete a little bit quicker if they, if they mm-hmm. weren't so such a big thing, like the red nail and the number three or, you know, like yeah, these big, intimidating things, and I think some people would probably get them a little quicker if they weren't.
0: I don't know. It's a good question. That's a, that's a great question. Maybe so, huh? Sometimes so it's you good way. So, so talking sure.
1: back a little bit before, we were talking about uh-huh. some uh, training methods. Um, so what training methods or techniques have you stumbled upon that have significantly increased your performance. Um, that might not be conventional, or you know, something that somebody would think is normal. So something uh, weird or unconventional that you've found. What kind of training secrets do you have, basically?
0: Okay. Um, this is this is going to be a really hard one, and I'm going to be as honest as I can be. And I don't know if it's going to be useful at all to anybody, but I'll just put it out there. Um, I think. When it comes to grip, and I'll just say for myself and the people that I've been fortunate enough to work with, that um, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like routines and I don't like programs and stuff. And what I like and what I think seems to work for grip is surprisingly, I'll admit this, very surprising to me, is almost like what we did in bodybuilding where it's like kind of a muscle confusion thing. When you're doing different things all the time and you're always coming up with new, weird and wacky things to do, and uh, that's what I think works. So and maybe so that's I've why put,
1: people have 400 grip
0: implants. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. so. Like, you know, I really don't. I honestly, I honestly don't. I, I, I've, I've tried it where I've like programmed it all to hell. And like, yeah. you know, like I used to do in powerlifting and had mm-hmm. successful in powerlifting, you know, when you're you're doing all these little micro changes in weights and changes in volume, and it just doesn't seem to work for grip. And what seems to work is doing different things every single workout. And then the other thing is, well, we talked about more, more volume, more volume, more volume, finding ways to squeeze in more volume. And the the one thing that's, it's pr- it might be a third thing or it might be more along the lines of the volume. Uh, but one of the things that I've heard and I've learned from other group people, and these are people that are really good at this stuff. So people like, you know, Thomas Larson from Norway, he's yeah, like one yeah. of the best people in the world at doing the wider pinch stuff. Uh, and then people like we, we talked about earlier about... Um, you know, Hari from, from Finland, uh, uh, Tolanen, and, you know, he's really, really good on hub and really, really good on pinch. And people like Jerome is really, really good on key pinch. And what all of these people have said to me in one form or another is that it takes way, way more sets than what a lot of people think. And they would, they would confide in me and they would say things like, you know, when I'm, when I'm training something, whether, whether it's like a wider pinch block or like a hub, they're like, it's not the third or fourth left. Sometimes it's like the 30th or the 40th set that I get it on. And that's yeah. like how how much volume they're doing, how much training they're doing. And they don't quit. They just don't quit. And, and like a lot of the same kind of cues that we would get on other kinds of strength training were like, okay, it's starting to clearly go downhill. It went from better, better, better. Now it's flattening. Now it's going downhill. I just don't think you see those cues on grip. And, right. and it, it always surprises you. It's like, okay, that time it was the 17th set that I got that one. All the other ones were terrible. And if I would have paid attention to the feedback, it would seem like I should stop. But I'm glad I ignored that feedback and I kept going because now I got a PR on this one.
1: We uh, are experimenting <clears throat> with like sticky spray, uh-huh. right? You can spray okay. on your hands, so it makes your hands a lot more tacky. So oh. we could lift more. Oh, so <laughs> well, like kind of overloading in a
0: way oh yeah. sticky so interesting okay. we'll do that
1: like six or seven or eight or nine reps on uh-huh. a blob or a, a you know some kind of implement and then uh-huh. all of a sudden the 10th or 11th set you don't have any sticky left and you get it anyways and you're yeah. like holy that's crap, interesting get that's that interesting sticky okay. wears off okay. after a few minutes and okay. yeah, you're still lifting it
0: I, I saw we were talking about earlier about Alexi the tank and what I saw him do at LA Fit Expo was a lot of regular deadlifts on a regular barbell, including with straps. And he went way, way heavier than what his axle deadlift was. And he did some really heavy steps leading up to it. And then he went out there and did an axle deadlift and broke a bunch of records. But yet it was hundreds of pounds lighter than what he was just doing
2: Yeah,
0: um, yeah. on, on that. So that's kind of a similar technique, I think, to what you're talking about. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think that I have anything like that that I've tried uh Jerome Bloom is the one that taught me about holds. I never did holds at all until about two years ago. And, and Jerome has always done a lot of holds. And a lot of the European lifters from places like, uh, uh, well, I'm going to say like Austria. Like, do, do you all know Circo and Patricia Luxner? Yeah. yeah they, you all know those two? Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and a lot of those people from that neck of the woods, they do a lot of holds. And in some of the contests, some of those contests is in their neck, the Woods They Do Holds is part of the contest. Yeah, she brings out a lot of challenges that are holds. I've seen yes, that exactly. You got it. You, yeah. got it. you got it. And Maria, you know, Maria from Finland, uh-huh. and she's yeah. done some world record-setting holds on some, not just things like Jerome does, the key pinch, but some really thin pinch with the whole hand, yeah. like a quarter of an inch or something, yeah. you know, and pinching out for a minute. And so that's something that I've started to do the last couple of years is longer holds. And, and you know, I think that might be something that does seem to help, or does seem to carry over okay. a little. His uh, holds, and then doing yes. doing do more volume than you think.
1: I'll go back to uh, my Hercules holds with weird implements because I was doing that for a while, like golden potato Hercules holds. He's good at really good at static holds. Can beat some of the strongest gripsters, like inch lifters and whatnot. He can beat them by twenty oh. seconds in static holds.
0: Wow! Wow! Okay. I okay. just keep holding right. it. What's wrong with you? <laughs>
2: You I mean, that I go? don't know,
0: like I, maybe, you know, the problem is it's so complicated. Maybe it helps you improve, but it's a year down the line. Maybe the reason yeah. that you don't yeah. know if it improves is because you're looking at a week or two or, or a month later, maybe it's helping you, but it's further online, you can't tell, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I have been doing more holds and I have been doing a lot more volume than you might think. And I'm, I'm just, where I'm kind of stuck is trying to figure out logistically how to do it all. Because as I get more and more interested not just all these grip things, but other things like the calisthenics and other kinds of training. It's like we only have seven days in the week, we only have 24 hours in a yeah. day, and we, need, we do need some recovery. And how do we get it all in? You know, so um, one of one of the bigger changes that I've been making, and partly it's because of things like the hernias, and partly it's because of things like training at home during the pandemic and having less less access to equipment. But part of it is just I've been finding positive changes in. And some of these other things is uh, I've been training more frequently and, and like instead of training really hard, like five days a week, I've been training pretty much seven days a week, but I haven't been having as much high intensity stuff. I've been doing more moderate intensity stuff and then more and more volume and things like this, but training every single day. And a lot of it is just so I can get to all the things that I want to do, but, yeah. but also so that I don't have as many DOMS related side effects. So I can train again so I can train again so I can do another session Yeah. yeah. but, but again you know, I don't know, maybe it's just where I am right now in my life and my body my Working age my you. body the way it is in my career yeah. you know I'm not sure if it would work for somebody else but I, I can say that I've, I've been experiencing some benefits from doing that you know I think yeah. it's worth looking into if people know, I think that's know, a huge key finding, I've, I've really heard
1: that on grip is volume scale yeah. Yeah. Have you? and finding Have you? what works for you is huge I mean like you said you know, something that works for you might not work for me or somebody else. Yeah. But you could really find what works for you, and you could clearly see improvements coming. Just keep doing it.
0: Just keep doing it. And some of some of the people that really, really specialize. You know, we, we talked a lot about about Jerome, but like you all talked to Gil. I know you all talked to Gil Goodman. Yeah. And he's yeah. done a lot with hubbing and with pension. Yes.
2: And did yeah. he kind
0: of say the same thing? Did he say a lot of volume and yes, he and did. every he's every he's day some kind of volume on his
1: pinch when he got into it
0: okay okay like more than once a day or just once a day every day
1: or what he said he was in there every day so i don't know if it's more than once a day but he said he was in there every day adam glass uh reflects the same thing he says yeah you can pull you know if your deadlifts 600 pounds you can pull 400 on the axle every single day yeah
2: yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, so he suggested
1: to us like get our get our main body lifts up because like my Uh axle lift is like uh about 300 pounds and my deadlifts about 400 pounds so they're still a little Uh close and I'd like right. to get my deadlift to like 500 if my axle is 300 or 600 if my axle is 400 uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. and, you know,
1: be able to do more volume. But with all you've learned and all this stuff and knowledge uh-huh. you have now, what would uh-huh. you do different if you started your training over today? So you're just 20 years old, all of a sudden you're starting to train over.
0: It's a great, great question. Um, I, I think that one of the things that I would have, uh, and I hope it's still a possibility. My father is still alive and he still practices in martial arts. And I hope at some point, if we live closer to him, I can study some more martial arts with him. And I think one of the things I would have done differently is, and is try to do that. If not full on, have that be a pretty big part of my training. And I think it would have carried over to a lot of things and I would have done a lot more of what we now call mobility and flexibility work all throughout. I used to just always do it every, I would do it every single workout, but I would only do it for about 15, 20 minutes right before the start of the workout. And I think I would do it more during all during the day. Um, I, I don't think I would have changed some of the things I did do though. I liked, I had years and years at a time where I would focus on a single power lift and just do like a whole workouts of squats or deadlifts or bench. And I really feel like there's a lot of benefit you could have from that long so I don't, I don't think I would have changed that. And I think that we, we're not able to separate out what just happens from the aging process to our bodies and our joints over time versus specific training related things, whether they be positive adaptations or negative adaptation. I still think we have a hard time separating that out. So I'm not, I'm not ready to say I would, wouldn't have done certain things, certain ways. So it's more just like, I think I missed out on not doing some of those things that I, that I see now is useful, things like the martial arts and the more stretching. But if, but if I could have figured it out, I would have oh, done no, completely much of the power
1: thing. Yeah. I would have done just as much I um, The first done grip thing I got earlier. back into was martial yeah, arts this. after I did my um, – after I did so much college. I sat on my butt for 10 years in college forever.
0: Okay. Um, okay. But after
1: I finished up school, that was the first thing I did was get back into I started actually – got back into Tai Chi first and did that for like six months before I even considered getting into – martial arts training program because i knew my body was wrecked for just sitting so long
0: yeah yeah
1: that was i I deliberately got a desk job where i would be sitting for eight hours so that i could do my school while sitting for eight hours and then go home and sit for another six hours and continue doing the school that i couldn't finish during the eight hour yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. and man
1: it wrecked me yeah for sure
0: and that's the way see that's how i would work too uh was in a sitting position and a lot of people are good about moving around and they're they think and they learn while they're moving around. But then some of us do just kind of sit there and slumped over. And so, yeah, so you're you recognize it now. Yeah, You've made those better. choices and then and then it set the wheels in motion for all this other stuff a bit harder. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I I always I always say after having those kind of jobs for so long, once I started being a strength coach and being a personal trainer and doing these jobs, I was so appreciative that I did get to move around all day long as part of part of my job you know and as hard as some of those jobs I had like waiting tables were and they were hard on like the bottoms of your feet and things at yeah. least you got to move around and you weren't just sitting still or standing yeah the time. I look
1: back on those like patrolling security jobs that I had and I'm like wow that was really nice to walk for 45 minutes every hour and sit down for five and then walk again you know that was actually really I felt really good then
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. better than just sitting for sure
1: so yeah. what is the most important piece in your home gym and why well, that's a good
0: one. it has a small home gym. Okay. So I, I, what I guess, well, I'm going to assume you mean something other than, so when you, could you say home gym, like, like if, if you had things at home, because the reason I ask it that way is because like, I, I'd spend more time just on the floor doing things just on the floor than anything else probably. And so uh, the, but, but anybody could have access to the floor and that's part of the beauty yeah. of it.
2: Right. Yeah. I so, said that padding uh, on
1: your floor is one of the best things. Yeah, you can some have. people do say yeah. padding on your floor, so you could do all kinds of body weight exercise yeah. and stretching. That could be your most important pieces. Man, bit so back. are we
0: talking are we talking about ex- are we talking about exercise in general? Or are we are we gonna talk about grip too or both or what?
1: Whatever you want to do, general health, grip, power lifting, okay. it, it don't matter.
0: Man, man. Okay. All right, let me let me stand and have a quick little look here. I gotta think about that question
1: could be that rope
2: back there. <laughs> yeah, you can see that one, huh?
0: Yeah, you know, um, Okay, this is this is it's so hard for me cuz I I guess, I guess what I guess what I would say is uh, prob- probably, probably something like that, probably something like that chin up bar, but that's, that's if I, that's, if I can also say the bands, if I could say yeah. the resistance bands that help you, because yeah. what, what I had to do, um uh, when, when we started the pandemic and I was, uh, and I was a lot heavier because of the kind of training and the kind of things I was doing then, um, I could only use the, the, the bar for a lot of the exercises if I had the bands. Okay. And, and then, and what happens? What's happened over the course of a couple of years is I'm just now at the point where I can do things like a couple reps of pull-ups and chin-ups, and I can do some things like the tucked holds and stuff with my body weight. But after after the hour-long warm-up, where I'm still using the bands and stuff, so if I'm allowed to say the bands, and I would say probably, you know, those those bars because yeah. of the versatility and all the things that I can do. Um, be on the floor, you know. And a lot of it is just, it's it's time and trying to fit it all in. And a lot of it is like my own creativity. If I get like a spark and I can come up with something more creative, then I can do all kinds of things on a bench or with very little equipment. But a lot of times I think I'm just intellectually, creatively lazy. I'm not doing as much as I, as I could do. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. but, but um, I, I think if we, go, if we go to grip stuff, I got to say the Saxon bar for grip. Yeah. Because they're just... There, there's no limit to the number of exercises and different kinds of things you can do on a Saxon bar. And to the extent, because I've already made that play for saying that I doubt there's very much carryover to a lot of things, and that's why we got to train on all these different kind of things. But to the extent that there is a bit of carryover, I think there's hands down more carryover from Saxon bar training than any other thing out there. Okay. Good to know.
2: Yeah. That's, okay. that's,
0: that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you all
1: agree or if that jives anything that y'all
0: we all have seen. I know we, some people um, said the same for
2: axle or various other things. You know, we narrowed our,
1: our grip training down to, for a while, just um, like wrist curl type stuff, axle, uh-huh. and saxon bar. So it's really hard for us <laughs> to say, like, which one of those three really pushed it. But um we okay. just used two-inch saxon bar, two-inch axle. Oh, so you said I'm just going to
0: only too. use that for a certain amount of time? Yeah, yeah for
1: a-, a certain amount of time, we only use that just to get our okay. overall hand strength up. And we made okay. some big gains doing that. Yeah, we yeah. needed to yeah, get yeah. stronger first before. We could how, even long, decide how long the
0: period? How long the period
1: did y'all do that for? I don't know, maybe like six months. I was gonna say, yeah, probably about oh, six good. months. Oh, good. Yeah, good, 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 good. And that got okay. us some some pretty big gains for sure.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I don't. I'm not quite sure what's happening or, wh- or why that is, but um, I have experienced that. It feels like that. It's the best I can say. It's like there's like, been a yeah, some of the
1: stuff thing. that some of the accomplishments we got that were completely unrelated were during that time, like hubbing a 45 lifting uh-huh. the half 85 pound blob, closing the number three. All uh-huh. those happened during that time period. Yeah,
2: just training okay. those.
1: And then we'd go okay. mess around with other implements. Like, wow, we completely increased what we used to be able to do without ever training. It. Okay,
0: that's great. That's very exciting. That's very yeah. exciting. Um, I... Let's see. Let's see. Uh, how about how about this one? I'll throw another another one out there. I, I The more we talk, I'm starting to think about some other things. So... I think that sometimes there's an order effect. Like if you decide, like, let's say you go in a different direction and you say in the same workout, I'm going to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. I do think that uh, some of the time there's an order effect. And so what I, what yeah, I, I found so. is that if I do pinching type things, and this is where it doesn't seem to matter if it's square pinching like a Saxon bar or a block or pinching like a hub. Mm-hmm. If, if I can do pinching first and then do thick bar or rolling handle stuff later in the workout... I feel like it either helps me lock in on the thick bar and the rolling handers better, or if it's going to interfere, it's going to interfere less with a thick bar than if I do it in the opposite order.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I feel I, like yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If yeah. I do I Saxon like, first, yeah. I could usually PR on a Saxon and the mm-hmm. Axle. But okay. if I do Axle first, my Saxon my, Saxon my Saxon Yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. I can't you'll know if that's huh? like, like after you're just over. fatigued, you fatigued overall, the, right? Saxon, you'll get a good lift on the axle. Uh-huh. and oftentimes just a light warm-up before the Saxon will help you get the PR on the Saxon. Okay. Yeah, I okay. agree completely.
0: Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm glad me. to hear yeah. that. It's yeah. nice Same to hear with that me consistency too. with other people. Yeah, and I've, and, I've, and I've experienced that too with my team, when I work with Betsy and Marianne, and if they're struggling with something like locking in on something, then sometimes we'll do things like not just regular deeper hub like an iron mine, but we'll do some of the shallow hub uh, e- either the, the shallow hub devices or some plate hubs, if we're lucky, with yeah. are shallow, mm-hmm. and then just engaging those fingertips and getting those involved. Sometimes it helps on these, you know, things like Rolling Thunder, Country Crush, whatever. When it's really rolling you know, um, but I'm I'm glad to hear that others have had that, that that's similar experience. I, that's that's encouraging. Yeah, I, um, I think it's just
1: the the contact. The pinch is a lot of contact, so I think it just fires up more of the hand. Yeah, gets it ready yeah. for more.
0: What, what about this one? I've, I've noticed that uh, if, I'm, if I'm really good on something like a one-handed uh, saxon bar pinch, like let's say one hand is better than the other, maybe lefty is better than righty on a one-handed saxon bar pinch. But if I change to something like just doing a two-handed or three-handed, four-handed saxon bar pinch for one hand, then suddenly that other hand might be better than the, you know, the one that's usually crappy on it might be better than the other hand. Have you all noticed that? Have you tried that out?
1: Yeah, I've definitely experimented with a lot of the two okay, finger and one okay. finger pinch stuff. Yeah, same
0: here. thing with like a hub, right?
1: And yeah, you, you might I, I have one hand
0: that's better on the whole hand for the hub, but you start doing just individual fingers, the other hand could be better than that other hand.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've done some weird yeah. research on that. There's there's something in our brain that happens that fires up one the the weaker hand that's normally weaker when okay. the stronger hand starts to get weaker. Okay. So it's there's There is something mentally that goes on there. It's a survival thing. It sends okay. more power to the other side for some reason. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. There, there's a okay. little bit in the performance psychology. Uh,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't about that
1: uh, happened at King Kong. I couldn't finish all the lifts right handed, so I had to do a little big horn left handed, and I think I pulled the PR left handed oh, over great. my right hand that I would normally. Right. That's like okay. I I'll That's beat insane. my right hand with my left hand because my. Uh, that if it was fresh I beat my right hand
0: with my left. Now is that depend on the grip implement or is that generally the case for you?
1: Um I usually won't almost always the case. Yeah. I don't know if I'll always beat my right hand PR, but okay. Okay. If my right hand's dead, my left hand will definitely definitely PR up there. Yeah
2: it'll be high. It'll be close to the
0: because I've seen it, you know, I've seen it both ways. Like some people generally have one hand that does better than the other. And then there's a lot of us and I put myself in this camp where it just flat out depends on the event. Some of yeah. the events, I tend to always be better with one
1: hand or the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm starting to
1: learn that the more I actually do train with both hands, that my left hand's going to get better at some uh-huh. implements than my right hand will. So, so I think,
0: yeah, and then the, another and then the thing to consider is right? how well
1: you can control your left hand. Like my left hand, I can't write my name with or control it worth the crap. It's okay. just flailing okay. around out there, really disconnected. But, um, so you think of a lift that doesn't take like a lot of, uh, dexterity or like, uh-huh. you know, good hand placement uh-huh. so when my right hand starts to fail i can do like a penny pinch with my left hand that will be just just about as high as i can do a penny pinch with my right hand but okay. if i tried to do a more complicated lift like a horn lift or like a specific block type pinch, have to get my hand a very specific way it probably uh-huh. wouldn't be as high with my left
0: oh okay okay that's I think interesting there's some of that there too yeah that's interesting
1: but yeah, I think you're but, tapping into the fight or flight a little yeah. bit at that and point. And you keep you when know, you
0: keep trying, it sounds like the right like. hand. You're working on both, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not giving up on it. You're just like saying this is what you notice. You're trying because I think there can be a psychology where like, like if you tend to do better with one hand or the other, you might just train that one that you do better on and say, Well, wow, this one's not so good anyway. But if you're like the student and you're wanting yeah. to learn or interested, maybe you keep on training that other one and then you just notice these things or learning things trying to figure out what's the basis for it, right? Why is it doing that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah, I said, I think it has to do with fight or flight. Your body goes, oh, this hand's dead, so there's something wrong going on because uh-huh. that's your power hand. So yeah. it, just gives, it gives the aid to the other hand.
0: Yeah, and again, when, when you know, this happens. We might try to avoid injuries, but sometimes it happens. We've seen, like, our, our colleagues, right, Jason Denji recently yep. got that injury, but luckily with our sport, he's able to keep training that other hand all the time, you know, so... That's another benefit of what we do, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. my right hand was so dead from Kong that I finished Little Bighorn left-handed and then uh, decided to do arm wrestling. So I arm wrestled left-handed the whole time, and then I think I killed it for like six days. My left hand was going to fall off. It didn't feel bad Uh, then, but I was like, the next couple days, like, what did I do? Yeah, we We both uh, jumped into arm wrestling a little bit. And in Texas, that
0: was fun. That's on my list. It's always that's been on my list for a long time. I have not tried it, and Brutal. I got close when Clay lived here because he was starting to get interested too. I think he even bought a table, and so yeah. then it was a matter of trying to find a good coach, you know, because I don't want to just jump into it. I certainly don't want to you know get hurt or do something else, yeah. you know, do something stupid. Uh, so it's still on my list. So what did y'all think? what Was your first experience was a good one? Oh, it, it it's fantastic! Yeah, that th- okay. arm wrestling is okay. a whole
1: different world, man. Yeah, the horses that they deal with—they're crazy. Yeah. And we had uh, Tommy Jennings there, who's an Tom. awesome arm wrestler, coaching okay. us. Yeah. So yeah, we had good. a great coach. Good. And then That's obviously great. Adam and Tanner both.
0: Yeah. So They've been doing it a while. Those two—they or they knew how to do.
1: Yeah, they've been doing it a while. I know Adam's oh, I for a while, so. Okay. Okay. And I know uh, Tommy Jennings has been doing it a long, long time, and is fantastic at it. So.
0: Okay. And we do have some overlap too. There's folks that do both, you know, like yeah. uh, Mr. King Kong himself, right? Eric does both, and uh, yeah. Yeah. some some people that started arm wrestling that come over to grip. You know, I'm struggling to remember the guy's name. Oh well. Anyway, you, you all know there, there's a lot of people out there that do this, yeah. just like with the rock climbing and stuff. Yeah. All good stuff. Well, I, I, I hope to do it at some point. Yeah. See. Well, before sure we, we let we go. you go,
1: is there any? Uh... Yeah questions you have for us or anything you want to know about couch potato strong or any shout outs you want to make or anything like that
0: um i i yeah i guess i just kind of like to hear a little bit more about what what y'all are trying to do like i know it's it's hard right because you there's if you're like me with my team SAS, you could probably talk about it forever and it can be hard to like try to sum it up uh i would like to mention more people but the you know the problem i'm having is like y'all i follow a lot of people on instagram like a thousand people and i'm sure there's going to be people i'm going to forget
2: oh yeah they're
0: going to be mad or whatever you know yeah i think during this pandemic
1: um grip's just a wonderful gateway drug into health and happiness you know it's easy to start at home it's easy if you have just a little bit of space to do it and once you start doing it and you get an itch for it then you're like oh well if my arm was a little stronger i could grip better Oh, I feel like my back. Maybe if my back was a little stronger, I could lift a little more.
0: Right? Everything. Every kind of activity that we do in our life. Gets the head going, gets the
1: brain turning, and you start going, well. And, you know, a couple years down the road, you're healthy everywhere just to be able to squeeze this little thing a little harder. And look what it did for your life. Yes. Exactly. And we want to bring that happiness and let people know they can start anywhere. doesn't matter where you're at. Just start doing it. Get healthy. Start it's doing it. really yeah. the we best thing somewhere. you
0: can do start yeah. for yourself
1: yeah. in your life is to just get in better shape. Yep. It'll help you everywhere and it can't harm you. So, so yeah, we just got here in the Northwest. It's a gateway. Gateway to it. And the yes. biggest serendipity about it has just been the community and the nice people we've been able to meet and the people we've been oh able to gosh. talk to. And,
2: yes, yes. Yeah. It's it's travel thing. to and
1: hang out with. And it's just incredible. It's another thing. If you jump into powerlifting as a newbie or something, you'll soon get, you know, pushed out by the community. Sometimes, you know, it's not as friendly.
2: Yeah. Um, I, had a super lot of mixed, friendly.
0: I know exactly what you're saying. I've had a lot of mixed experiences. There's been uh, some folks, you know, in fairness, that are very welcoming and some that it's very, very competitive.
2: Yeah. So I, yeah. I,
0: I know exactly what you're saying. And I do, I do see grip as being a lot different. I, I do see, like we've talk, been talking about all along, you know, all this encouragement, all this camaraderie. And, uh, man, yeah, you just start you start naming any town or any, any country, and there's like 100 names you could throw out there, people that we yeah. all see and follow, you know, they're doing this stuff. And I agree, I agree. Yeah, it's with the a neat Skim, hodgepodge Skim, of nerves, in. you know, yeah. different
1: people from different walks of life, like people that failed at this sport or decided to try this and got injured and said, ah, well, I'll just do this, or just people that wanted strong hands just for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah the I only know.
1: sport and the only community I've met that every single elite athlete in the sport is more than happy to invite you to their house or their gym or, like, if you're ever in this area, make sure you come see me. Yeah. Just yes. Yes. Compared to any other sport or anything I've ever done, the elite athletes are so happy for you to come over, hang out, eat dinner, and train with you. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that spirit, right? That spirit or whatever that is, generosity or just whatever it is. They're just eager. They want They want the community to grow, I guess, you know? But they they love it and they want the people to do it too, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, 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 love it. they love it so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure.
0: The only thing I would say is – Fist bump, people, and it's not just because of the pandemic and spreading germs, but because you got so many people strong hands. You know, yeah. you don't yeah. want to be doing handshakes. You know, it's like you could do a virtual one. You know, I'll, I'll, you know there's many other things we can do. You know, but but uh, but a handshake is maybe not
1: something
2: that
0: you want to do in a group community. Yeah, that's all all Tear
2: all your coming hand out for a little hot. Shirt, you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> definitely. My hand's not a number three gripper, man. <laughs> oh, I know,
0: I know, you just never know, right? Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think anybody would intentionally, you know, yeah, I don't exactly. think intentionally break your break your bones, you know, but you never you never know. I don't know, you could speak to strong man because I, I some of our grip contests were some strong men around and I, those the, that lot they might be a different
1: lot, I don't know.
0: Would they be the type to like try to crush your hand? Or, you I don't know? think so.
1: I don't
2: think so. No, okay, okay, okay.
1: Now the strong men are pretty cool that we've met. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think maybe uh, – maybe there might be a couple arm wrestlers out there that would want to come in a little strong, you know. They, they're they going to be at the table yeah. going head-to-head anyway.
2: Bodybuilder. Yeah, so
0: it's already started, right? It's already, yeah, it's already uh, started. Yes. Getting, Part of the pre. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's the yeah, pre game yeah, right there. It's, Arnold, it's like Arnold right out or, Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think in grip enough guys know that it doesn't matter what your handshake is like because – you know, it's so, so weird that you have no idea what they're going to wind up doing when they step up to the bar.
0: You don't. You don't. No. Well said. You don't.
1: You don't know.
2: Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Some, guys,
1: some guys can crush some monster grippers, you know, and they may have a strong handshake, but then they may get on some implement and struggle with it just because their Absolutely. wrist are there or whatever else.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we go back to that idea, right? Do we want to be generalists? We want to be good on a lot of different things, or do we want yeah. to be a specialist, you know? it's a hard it's a hard question i i think it's going to be good all these things you know like you said try to seek better health and uh, looking at a broader view i think it's important
1: to have the option you know um i have seven and a half inch hands if my hands were much smaller i would definitely Uh be a a hub specialist or something like that okay i feel like with my hand size at seven and a half i can do most everything but guys below that they're probably Uh going to specialize in something they're not they're probably not going to get the inch you know, they're probably not going to get the blob. I mean, it's just hand size definitely matters in some of the things that are out there.
0: Uh, I'm
1: not sure I agree. I don't know. I am not guess I disagree, but I'm
0: not sure I agree. Uh, maybe maybe it's like we have this saying, like the correct answer is always it depends. Maybe it just depends on what we're talking about, you know. Yep. Maybe, maybe maybe there are certain things where they, they can't. and Maybe it's just a question, like we said, of training longer, training differently, and then they can do these things, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't,
0: I don't, I don't know. Sometimes we are limited at the beginning and we think we can't do things and we don't pursue it, you know? Um, uh, I think it's a good, I think it's a good question though. And I, and I hope we continue to try different things and don't just say, oh, I'm, I'm good at this. I'm not going to do that, you know? Right.
2: Um, yeah, for sure.
1: Well, I mean, there has been yeah. a handful of guys that have done it. There's definitely been guys with smaller than seven and a half inch hands that have lifted the blob. So they're out there.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Just uh, it's definitely you know definitely a disadvantage to go for that if your hand size is a certain you know certain way. Um, yeah. It Doesn't mean some of not these a things are just things you can so yeah
0: so tricky. You know, like I was thinking about that. uh What was that one that Gil had? Um, oh, that one where you can wrap your um for some reason I'm drawing a blank on it. You can wrap your hands around it, but only partly, the and then there's tester. a flat piece. Tips yeah. tester. Tips yeah. tester. Yeah. 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 And something like this, you know, uh, Julia, you all know, know Julia from uh, yeah, this guy right here. Uh, Julia Kind of Lifts? Yeah, that one, that one, that one. We were, we were talking one day, and it's just like, you know, it's like one of these conversations you have in the coffee shop that you have in the gym where you're talking about these kind of issues, like hand size and stuff. And Julia went in the opposite direction about it because she's got little bitty hands. And she was saying, well, I think it's actually an advantage to have smaller hands because you can have more of your hand in surface contact with it. Something on some of the limits, I
1: absolutely agree. Yeah, the golden yeah. potato does not appeal with people. Appeal to people that have over seven and a half inch hands. They have to go to yeah. a prep for it. Yeah. So coincidentally, the guy that has the world record on the golden potato has seven and a half inch hands.
2: Yeah. And yeah. he's
1: also but, enormous, but, you know, yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah, but then you get, but then just something like hub, you might think, well, oh, it's maybe it's better to have a smaller hand, but then you got people with some enormous hands doing fantastic stuff on a hub, you know? Yep. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I am so, leery if I don't want to. I don't want to think about those things. You're talking about those things too much because I think that it will keep some people from doing it. I would like to, like what y'all were saying, I'd like that, more people trying more things. But I guess yeah, it, it's inevitable. Is everybody,
1: everybody you you come up with something to say. Oh well, I can't do that because my hands are this size. But then you'll find that somebody, somebody has done it. You know, you oh, say, oh, okay. I'm under That's 150 pounds. I can't lift the inch. Well, Eves did it yeah. at 143. Right. You know? right, 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 right. It's wild. Right. There's always someone that does it. It may it may take longer with smaller yes, hands, yes. and it may not be the best thing for you to choose. You right. know, like if I was going to choose something to go for with small hands, it would probably be hub versus blob. Doesn't yeah. mean hasn't been done. There's guys with seven and a half inch hands. Okay, to I, the got hand I got to you, I got you.
0: So you're, it's just amazing. a qualifier. It might take you longer. You might have to, do, to go about it differently, but you might be good. So, but you, you'll so, get so, yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, we don't have any questions for you. Yeah, no, no. We'll nice chatting we'll with you. Yeah.
0: yeah, we'll talk some more. Nice chatting with you all. Appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks again. Definitely. Like we said, thanks again for everything you all are doing for the community. And hopefully we'll keep growing it and keep the excitement going and you know, encourage and motivate each other. Right. For Absolutely. For sure. Yeah.
2: Thanks very well, so much, y'all. Good to talk good. to you.
0: Have a good Take night. Well, Enjoy have the rest of have your day. Good, good weekend. Yeah. Thanks Absolutely. Again.
2: Thank you.